Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. all 32 clubs uh, which was unanimous is that we want people uh, to be respectful to national anthem we want people to stand that's all personnel and make sure that uh, they treat this uh, moment in a respectful fashion what's your reaction mr president well i think that's good i don't think people should be staying in locker rooms but still i think it's good you have to stand proudly for the national anthem well you shouldn't be playing you shouldn't be there maybe you shouldn't be in the country you have to stand proudly for the national anthem Black Lives Matter has some harsh words for the NFL over their new policy on kneeling during the national anthem. Black men work on their fields and they have no sympathy for their suffering similar to slavery. Hey, all you un-American bastards! You are fake news. If you don't like America, then you can get it. Very fake news. Gag for you over here. Get your pawn fascist ass out of here! We'll do it live! Fuck it! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly. The very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen, flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. I'm going to say happy Memorial Day weekend to all of our American listeners. Please keep those who have made the ultimate sacrifice for this country and their families in your mind as you uh, enjoy your start to summer. I don't forget for a day that this duct tape production exists because those braver than me, those braver than us, stood up to defend our right to make it. So thanks to all those brave individuals and their families. And uh, we do have a great interview to close tonight. I... I Thought this interview was um, was a good one. One of the one of the better ones we've done. I think it was kind of emotionally moving. It was very serious at times. Um, you know, interesting interesting perspective yeah. from uh, from Ian Petty, who is the brother of Elena Petty, uh, listener of the show, is Ian Petty. And Elena Petty, his sister, was one of the seventeen victims lost at the Parkland shooting on February fourteenth. Uh, he reached out to us because he wants to discuss his family's new charity called the Walk Up Foundation. So we do speak with him about that, uh, and we will play that to end the show. So we're thinking, you know, 90 minutes from now, but who knows? Because we can never manage time on this show. But Ian Petty, brother of uh, Parkland victim Elena Petty, coming up to end the show. In the meantime, the news stops for nobody. Another big week of news. Uh, Tommy Robinson jailed in the uk and as far as i understand if you're british you can't talk about it is that yeah. is that fair you can't correct that is okay correct. that is correct okay uh we will try to figure out exactly what's going on there because there's a lot of questions i have about this this just doesn't make sense but, yeah yeah you know that I, trying to make sense of the uk these days is kind of a fool's errand i should tell you that everybody in the live chat saying that the entire intro was skipped they're liars and it i didn't not, hear it either uh i did and I'm <laughs> that's the all only, that matters yeah i'm the only one whose audio goes to the stream they're pranking you oh okay say it 
<laughs> Sorry, guys, if you didn't hear it. I also didn't hear it. I'll have to go back and listen yeah. when our show is processed in seven days or whatever. Yeah, seven days from now. Don't listen to those people trying to to distract you. They're they're wolf criers. No, I really I see Neo Unrealist in here. He's a YouTuber. I trust his judgment. He's like the just skip the intro. YouTube is just jerking us around. Yeah, it's it, trust me, it played. Anyway, now that we've devoted a couple of minutes to this, <laughs> hey, speaking of um of Parkland kids, uh, David Hogg. Okay. is back protesting a grocery store this weekend for um, for some reason, and then the grocery store caves. So we'll talk about that. Uh, that was an interesting story. Heard it in the intro, or maybe you didn't. The NFL announced its new uh, kneeling policy, and what I'm told is a gesture that amounts to slavery. Does it? <laughs> we'll find out. Trump trolls both Kim Jong-un and Nancy Pelosi. Uh, about uh, Nancy Pelosi about MS-13 animals. I thought his his response to MS uh, Nancy Pelosi's comments about MS-13 last week. Remember, we got to respect them. You can't call them to call people animals is just outrageous. Trump had a had a follow up on that that I thought was kind of fun. So we'll have a listen to that. And uh, I have a related dose of surprise cringe. Ooh, to that as well. it's been a while. Yeah. yeah, we talked about this a little bit on Wednesday. Kendrick Lamar got mad at a white fan for rapping his own lyrics on stage. We'll have a look at that. Rachel Dolezal is back and she's charged with welfare fraud. The fake black lady is submitting fake welfare claims. The jokes write themselves. I'll abstain. Who would have thunk it? (laughs) She seems like a real honest lady. (laughs) The, uh, and, um, that 30 year old man in New York who lost his eviction battle in court with his parents appears on CNN in an interview that I think is more cringy for just the obvious reasons. Did you have a chance to listen to this with Brooke Baldwin? Somehow I think I hated Brooke Baldwin more. I don't know. I mean, she's detestable, but like that guy is just the epitome of, of millennial, sad millennial, you know? Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have a look. Unfortunately, we'll have a look (laughs) and we will take super chats in between topics. We read 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. Of course, we've got the policy, but we've got to keep the Sunday show moving along. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple podcasts. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That is beauty in the beta at gmail.com. Remember, you can take the show on the go with the audio formats, Apple podcasts, Google play, uh, they're all linked in the description for you, wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us. A few um, brief announcements or brief talkers at the top of the show before we hop into Tommy Robinson. Quietly, and, and because of a busy weekend for both you and I, I don't really have anything special for it, but this is our two-year anniversary yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. believe it? I kind of can. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, but it is, um, well, one, thanks to the audience for sticking with it. Thank you for showing up each and every week. Um, that is all I do. But it will, <laughs> that's all I asked you to do. <laughs> that was the arrangement. I just need someone to show up each and every week. Uh, but it is crazy to think that with ex- like once a year exception, we have done this every Sunday and pretty much every Wednesday as well. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I'm not sick of it. I, I, I love doing this. I enjoy doing this. I look forward to doing this. So, uh, so thanks to everybody for helping us build what is now a two-year-old project. And I hope there's many more years to come. Me too. I got, uh, did you have a chance to look at this? I told you about this previously because a while back in February, uh, a listener named Isaac emailed me and said, Hey, I'm looking to kind of create a proposal gesture for my, who I hope will be my fiance, my girlfriend. And what I would like you, he's talking to me. What I would like you to do is she, you know, she, we listen to you. 
I'd like you to make like a faux news piece about our proposal as though like the Huffington Post had had smeared smeared us about our proposal and things. So I had him write me up a little script. I said, sure, I'll 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 record it and send it off to you. What I didn't know when Isaac asked me to put this together was that he wasn't just coming to me. He was going to like a cavalcade of YouTube stardom. <laughs> so this week he actually said, he, he emailed me back and said, my, my now fiance said yes. And here's the reaction video. And the reaction video is awesome because I didn't know how many people were involved in this. No, I haven't but, watched it, but I... Okay, so I, had, I did a quick cut of it. I will link the... There's an 11-minute oh, video. I'll good. link the full thing in the description. But, um, but this is Isaac proposing to his girlfriend, Alicia. And I'm a part of this video that she's watching. But the, the rest of the, the cast is... How he got everybody to participate in this, I'm really impressed because it's not easy to track people down yeah, and, yeah. and get this done, but he did. So this Must is have taken months. I assume so. I know he's been working on it for a while. So this is Isaac's proposal to his girlfriend, Alicia. The real divide, as I see it in 2018, is between those who are for Isaac and Alicia getting married and those who are against it. Even two years ago, frankly speaking, I don't think this dichotomy would have been on anyone's radar, let alone be the central point on which our culture seems to be pivoting on. Of course, those against these two getting married will have their objections and may often appeal to what we all know by now as fake news. Anyone could have imagined we'd be at this point. Well, since Isaac and Alicia are both two rational, intelligent, sane adults, they are both presumably likely to recognize the Huffington Post for the failing pile of garbage that it is. And while you might not think that the Huffington Post would be so petty as to try to ruin the lives of two ordinary people for absolutely no reason whatsoever, I, for one, don't think so highly of them. Looking forward to it. Isaac is proposing marriage to Alicia. Well, Alicia, honey, this one's for you. You better say yes. It's my reputation on the line. Hi, Lucia. I heard that Isaac's proposing to you, and if you accept, then I wish you a long and happy marriage with many individualistic and classically liberal children. Remember the time that I asked your dad if I could marry you in the room where he keeps all his guns? That's what love is. You need to actually take time out with your spouse. Okay, she's your girlfriend now, but once you get married, you're going to be distracted with other things because people have a natural tendency to feel that once they're locked in, they don't have to do the work anymore. Congratulations, Isaac. You have set the new standard. <laughs> Look at that beautiful ring. So well done, Isaac. I got to say I'm impressed. You, you had a face like maybe that wasn't playing for you. I'm hoping that No, was but I was able to go to the reaction you had linked and... Okay, so you were able to you're able to play it a little bit. Maybe we're having a problem with our video share tonight. I've reloaded. I'm gonna try to go back into it though. Um, yeah, that's very sweet. I'm glad she said yes. Yeah, it's hell. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was a hell of an effort, man. So very cool. I'm happy to be a part of it. Thanks for including me, and of course, all the best to you guys in um, in your marriage. Yep. Thanks for listening to the show, and thanks for listening to my stuff and all that. Good luck. Appreciate it, and hell of a job. I'm impressed. Yeah. Last uh, little story I have before we hop into um. Tommy Robinson, I got to admit, I just kind of like this story because it has to do with my neck of the woods. Uh, but this is from our, uh, our friends at the Daily Wire. Check out these pics of the, quote, wolf-like creature shot in Montana. So this is uh, this animal that is pictured was shot in north central Montana near Denton. It is described as a, a mysterious wolf-like creature and was sent to a Bozeman lab for DNA testing, whatever this 
mysterious carcass is is hanging out somewhere near me right now it looks like a bear that's one of the theories is like a, a starved grizzly cub oh. <laughs> uh but until the report comes back the dna report from this bozeman lab quote no one is a hundred percent sure how to identify the animal it has long grayish fur a large um a large head and an, uh, an extended snout the animal shared many of the same characteristics as a wolf, but the ears were too large. Uh, uh, the legs were too short. Its body was too short. It's for uncharacteristic of uh, that common to a wolf. The Great Falls Tribune reports social media theories include, as I said, starved grizzly cub, uh, descendant of prehistoric dire wolves, maybe straight out of Game of Thrones. Who knows? Dogman, the Dogman <laughs> conspiracy theory, which I was not previously aware of. Apparently, this is a thing in like Wisconsin and and uh, Michigan, like a Wolfman thing or a werewolf. And uh, the, the biologists or people who are familiar with the wildlife in the area say the most likely explanation is is a uh, wolf hybrid, like some kind of wolf dog hybrid. Really, uh, which has been seen before. You know, wolves uh, mating with dogs, but. All I have to say is don't call me crazy for believing in uh, believing that Bigfoot might be out there. Let's put it that way, because we got crazy dire wolves running around. And also, this is my justification for having to buy so many guns. <laughs> this you, is your justification. If, if this thing is out there in my neck of the woods, I want guns. Nothing to do with Muslims. <laughs> this was this was definitely the philosophical uh, foundation for the Second Amendment. You know, <laughs> yeah, that Anytime tail looks wolf me uh where where do you see the tail i'm looking on the daily wire article oh yeah this like this shot of like the back of the body yeah yeah it definitely has wolf-like features for sure huh this is but, wild uh, but yeah wolf-like creature okay let's uh let's hop into tommy robinson because i haven't had a ton of time to look at this but what i have seen is at some level, typical of what I'd expect of the UK, and and some yeah. some some ways, it's it's next level. It's beyond what we've seen before, if I'm understanding correctly. So he was outside of Leeds Crown Court. He was reporting on these um, grooming gangs. That some of those those hearings had come up, um, and he was just filming. He had a suspended sentence for doing this a few months ago at, for the same crime, if right? I'm... And they were like, "You can't film any of this ever again, or we're going to arrest you." And so what he's doing, so I understand specifically, is he is watching these grooming gang, these accused grooming gang members. Yeah, he was outside the and, court, yeah. Walk in and out of the courtroom, and he's is he trying to talk to them, or is he no, just saying, I mean, he here was, they yeah, are? Yeah, he was, you know, saying stuff to him. but he was just, the, the footage that I saw of his arrest, he was just live streaming, you know. And yeah. so a bunch of police officers came out and arrested him. Um, and within six hours of his arrest, he was handed a 13-month prison term for violating this prior suspended sentence for you know a similar offense. And that's what I didn't understand at first because I thought, well, he broke the law. How was he given an immediate jail sentence of a year plus? How was that? Yeah, how was that possibly delivered be. with due process? But it's because he had some kind of deferred sentence on the similar charge. Yes. Yeah, and he wasn't okay. supposed to be filming this. On... But nobody else is reporting on this. I mean, right. 
And apparently you can't talk about not only this, but Tommy Robinson, which will get to in itself, which right, we'll get to in a right. moment. But I do this have the footage the of outrageous thing about this is that there was a media ban. Nobody can cover the incident. They can't say anything positive, negative about it. Nothing. And so which I is saw, like the whole reason he's talking about it. Exactly. Because well, yeah, nobody in media but, but is. But Tommy's arrest. And so I saw uh, right after his arrest, I Googled it and there was an article up on the Daily Record and Birmingham Live for a little while. And then I, I refreshed the page like 10 minutes later and they were all wiped out. I yeah. couldn't even believe it. And there's this great uh, tweet string from an independent reporter named Nick Monroe. I'll link this in, in the in the description for people to find. But it's a good summary or archive of all of these articles that have been deleted from these UK websites. Not to mention Breitbart in in England yeah. has put up this kind of protest piece mm-hmm. with Tommy Robinson's face censored. And the headline is redacted arrest for redacted outside redacted. Leeds Crown Court issues media ban and it shows the a redacted form of the order from the court that, that nobody can talk about this. I will grant for sure to our friends, you know, in the UK or people who might have a more nuanced understanding of what's going on that I don't fully understand this like how this is a thing. How the court can just say thing? like how how any free society can have a court just say no talking about this guys or we'll put you in jail. Like this is tyranny to the utmost extent because if they it have is no what i think it is clause protecting free speech what's it's, going well to they stop have no them? constitution right period. what's going to yeah. what's going to stop them from infringing on that i just can't believe that any quote-unquote free society that, that that this would exist i feel like i have to be missing something but You're i don't not. know what i'm missing <laughs> yeah it's wild yeah uh so i do have the footage of the actual arrest if you if you want to check that out and then some footage of uh the protests that have erupted that's the one good thing i see coming out of this is Lots and lots of protest uh, over the weekend about this. Yeah. So this is the footage of, of Tommy's actual arrest. Let's take a look at what that looked like. Content of one streaming. And are, is this playing for you or are we still dealing with the issue? Um, we're still dealing with the issue. I paused it for now, but okay. Oh, so go ahead, actually. Okay. I've been arrested for breach of the Sweet. Good. I've been arrested for breach of the You've all watched this. You've all watched this. You've all watched this. Can you get me a solicitor? Can you get me a solicitor? Can you get me a solicitor? Okay, so if I'm understanding correctly, he's been live streaming the whole thing. They're saying, turn off your live stream. He's saying, get me a lawyer, basically. Yeah. Okay. For breach of the peace, yeah. Yeah, breach of the peace is what they're charging. Explain it again. I haven't said a word. So, in fact, someone laid their hand and assaulted me outside court. Yeah, exactly. Other people have swore at me and threatened me. me about my mother, and here I am being arrested for saying nothing. Can you please, George, get me a solicitor? Yeah, they just put him in this little cage and shut the door. <laughs> Look at this weak-chinned man that arrests a woman and a weak-chinned man without guns arrested him. What is happening oh, to the man. UK? That is just outrageous to me. He wasn't even doing anything. He was just standing around. He's live streaming this. Yeah, maybe I, this is why I say I, I feel like I have to be missing something here. Like, but they're just charging with breach of the peace. Right. I would like to know some more specific details on this. It's like, I can't believe. Well, actually I can given the, the current UK, but it's, it's insane to me to think it's just a guy with a phone streaming 
and we have this level of intervention and, and arrest and jailing and potentially a year in jail now. Meanwhile, what he's trying to do is simply cover a disaster going on in this very country right. where there are grooming gangs enslaving and raping children. Yeah. That's, this is getting, at some level, it seems like to the outsider, a, a, a higher police effort than the crime on which he's reporting itself. Right, which they said they were too busy to investigate. I mean, the stakes are really mm. high. The general public can't find out how widespread these rapes, which were little white girls, almost exclusively in Pakistani rape gangs. They, they, they don't want people to find out how widespread this is because it's going to cause massive social problems, massive social unrest. That's why he's so dangerous. He has to be silenced. But they're not going to punish these these pedophiles to the same extent. They won't. <laughs> which, is, which is absolute insanity. Oh my gosh. 13 the good months news is, too, and he was very nearly killed last time he was... Uh, well, that's what a lot of people are speculating, and I do want to say it's for sure speculation, but it's not crazy to think. I, I saw Lauren Southern talking about this too. Um, so we have to remember that guy, there was a guy, there was that case in, um, in, in the UK where a guy was jailed for the crime of putting bacon outside of a mosque, like on the door handle yeah, or something. He got like I don't killed know, in- a year and a half in jail or 15 months, something like that. And then about a year in, he was found dead in his cell from a drug overdose. And Tommy's high profile. I mean, he's really high profile. He he's got a, he got his face beaten in last time he was in jail yeah. for mortgage fraud, which was such a so. bullshit charge. Um, his nose was broken. I think he lost all of his upper, upper teeth. Ugh. I hope so, so to God he the, does not get killed in jail, but it's definitely a possibility. Well, if ever there, and again, this is all speculation. This is, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but if some, if that happened, if he was a martyr for a free speech cause, which I obviously hope does not happen. Uh, you want to talk about an uprising. I think you're going to get an uprising yeah. at that point. And as partial evidence or something to consider the one piece of encouragement I take out of this is the sizable protest that has erupted. So this is outside of um, the reports are that there were hundreds of people outside of Whitehall, which as I understand is like government administrative building, like previous monarchy housing, but current government administrative administration building. Anyway, government building of some kind. And they're all out chanting for Tommy and chanting shame on you government. And I, I love the way that uh, there, there were several head- headlines like this. I highlighted this one from the Evening Standard. Hundreds of far-right protesters descend on Whitehall yeah. after Tommy Robinson arrested for breaching the peace. Not just concerned citizens that have seen their country go to shit who have daughters and they're worried about the state of Or of people nation. who just believe in uh, whatever you Free think of. Or- the, the ga- grooming gangs, Tommy's politics, um, whether he is sufficiently kind to Muslims or not. What you're talking about is dissemination of, of, of information that is absolutely vital to the public understanding of what its government is doing. To say that, that he should Far be locked right. up for streaming information, streaming information that's publicly visible to anyone who's there on location. Yeah, so the idea that you'd, the, the only way you would, you, would, um, be, that you would oppose Robinson's jailing is if you're far right. That's insanity. And we've talked about it a million times. I know I've heard a lot of people talk about this too, but it is interesting. How often do you ever even hear Antifa or, and I'm not trying to be what aboutism here, but I just want to be consistent in the application of terms. I'll grant that these people are far right. I'll even, I'll say that. I don't think they are, but I'll, I'll grant the evening standards headline here. How often do you see reporting that says far left Antifa or far left black lives matter or far left, whatever they never characterize anything as far left. 
Your Even when they're actual communists. Can see through this, though, this, these tactics, these media tactics, they're not going to work forever. I'm actually amazed that they're still somewhat effective. Hmm. But um, you know, events like this, they they red pill people, they wake people up. <laughs> and the better headline would be like beliefs in foundational or people with beliefs in foundational premises of country show support for those basic yeah. values on which the country was founded. <laughs> that would be a better headline. But here's um here's some images of what that looked like. And again, I take encouragement in just the volume of people. We got a lot of people here and they're clearly enthused and I, I hope that they can get some influence. Yeah, that's what they're looking at. I mean, what did they expect? Ugh, I don't know. I, I I don't understand. I can't understand the motivations behind the government in this case at all. What are you trying to protect? Grooming gangs? Like your your belief in diversity is so strong yes, that you protect grooming gangs? they're trying to protect their agenda of multiculturalism and what they've done to the demographics of the country. They need yeah. to protect that secret. They need to it's the ultimate holy grail. The it's like discourse. Yes, of course. Yeah. It's, the, it's like the ultimate thing they'll never. It's the hill they'll die on. You know, it's it, I can't. It's so amazing to me that even if you are a believer in the value of multiculturalism or even the plausibility of it in the face of a lot of struggles, to be frank, that it would be so important to you that you would be willing to sacrifice values like free speech in order to obtain it. Right. That's that's insanity to me. I can't wrap my mind around that perspective. There's no it, it's it's a fear based perspective for most people because they're just so afraid of being called racist that anything hmm. is better than being called racist. The destruction of your culture, the demographic demise of your people doesn't matter. Just don't call me a racist. Yeah, I don't think that most people, at least in America, are are wired that way. And that's why I'm so worried about the UK. I'm like, where is their will to fight? I feel like if we had gotten to this point in this country, um, you know, there would be blood in the streets. Yeah, and there's listen to the extent that the the courts are now apparently enforcing this ban on talking about it, and we're seeing articles deleted, and then we're seeing reporters hesitate to talk about this stuff. I don't know of an example of anyone actually in this case um, detained or sent to jail for talking about this. It seems clear that there's forces in play making them take down their material. But if but if you're in the business of reporting in the UK. And there are threats, not just to your livelihood, but to your to your ability to take care of your family, your ability to be with your family and not be in jail. What a terrible dilemma. You know, at some level, it's tempting to call these people cowards for not standing up to this. And they can't. No, this is bullshit. They are cowards. It's like, oh, hmm. you're going to get arrested. Your livelihood's going to be taken away. You're going to be you're going to be ostracized from your community. What is worse, that 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 immediate pressure or the absolute destruction of the place that you call home? They need yeah. to find their balls. <laughs> they do. This is outrageous. What, what happened to those formerly famous British balls? You know, they used to be it so to big and swinging. States. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh. I all I'm saying is I'm sympathetic to the dilemma, but it's going to take some courage to to get what, in my estimation, as an outsider, granted as an outsider, yeah. looks like tyrannical government to me. Yeah. If I ever want if I if I had to, I don't know, jailing people for simply streaming a public venue, a public display, talking about prosecutions that are definitionally a part of 
uh, the, the government, part of the way that we handle criminals as a public. You can't talk about these things without going to jail. That's tyranny. Yes, of course it is. And the real question, the million dollar question is, what is it going to take? At what point are people in the UK going to be like, that is enough. That's enough. And now we have to stand up to our government. I used to think that that point was way before something like this happened, but like they are so far past it. Like now is the time that they need to revolt. Hmm. Well, who's next uh, too? What is Katie Hopkins going to get arrested? Listen, FBI guy assigned to watch our stream. We're just, Come at me. I don't we're care. trying to just encourage a little ball swinging in the UK. We're not <laughs> plotting anything. All right. I know you got uh, Russian collusion to tend to, so yeah. don't worry about us. So it was actually the judge, uh, uh, Jeffrey yes, Marsden, yeah, yeah. who ordered the media blackout, okay. which this is the most, this is perhaps the most insane part because I, I knew Tommy was going to get arrested again eventually for something. Mm -hmm. And he knew that he was, this was an offense to his suspended sentence that just filming this might get him arrested. Yeah. Um, but, but seriously, like, what were they expecting to happen? The Streisand effect is real. More people are going to know about this because they banned it. And the internet is international. So people in the UK can access articles about this from other countries because it's the nature of the internet. They act like withholding the information means that the information doesn't exist. It's the most or Orwellian shit I've ever heard yeah. in my life. R rule one of modern society of the digital age don't try to stop the internet no okay like think of like music <laughs> piracy limewire kazaa back in the day they, they were trying to crack down on it through prosecutions until apple and the rest of them came along and said no give people an easy opportunity to buy music digitally and yep. this will probably stop look what happened same principle applies here don't try to stop the internet you will never stop the internet no nope. ever you can't control it this was a big mistake because every time something like this happens, it, it just precipitates a stronger reaction. And people that were silent before decide that it's, it's gone too far. They should be yeah. afraid of their populace. But they, <laughs> they aren't because they aren't armed. This is why we need guns. It's a good argument. It's a good argument. You want to protect the first? Second yeah. is a great way to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I don't have much more to say on that. The only thing I will reiterate is if there is something that I'm missing, I welcome people to send that to me because... I feel it's so insane. I feel like there's key information I am not aware of. You're not. This is just the state of the UK. Hmm. Well, what I've said shame. it a million times. I don't want to be the the lone upholder of these values in the world. You know, I want I want places where these values have existed historically. In the UK's case, the origin of the philosophy behind these values right. and my ancestral homeland. This really is <sighs> upsetting. This is the place I came from. Just to see it just die a slow death with yeah. with nobody you know nobody standing up to fight it's is this yeah. really happening so i look forward to um i know we got a lot of listeners in the uk if they're if you got thoughts definitely send them my way maybe we'll hear from some on wednesday uh but but that's all i got on it and um of course i i i'm encouraged by the protesters i hope they keep it up and i i hope the best for tommy i, I don't well, want there I were think a few that, hundred people there yeah all those nazis came out to support their the free speech right. yeah, yeah. So the next, um, if you're all finished up, the next topic, uh, we got David Hogg's die-in, but there's a little depth there. So we, if we need to take a break, we can before we... Um, we do, but I'd like to get to another topic before we go back. So okay. let's, let's go through it. Let's, uh, let's talk David Hogg then. Do we have to? <laughs> have you seen his new Twitter picture, by the way? Yeah, he's got the pussy hat on, and it says, it's like he... Well, I'll get to that at the end, because it's like a meme image of David Hogg that I think he's using ironically or something. Maybe that not. Would require some self awareness. I'm not totally convinced. But didn't it say like soy boy nope. in I think the it's image? A snowflake. Or... On. Snowflake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Well, in any case, David Hogg wants a memoir. Oh, well, actually, since we're talking about it, I'll just show that now because I want to talk about that. In addition to this protest of a grocery store he's doing, David Hogg, I need, a, I need a sounder for this, like Hogwatch, even though I don't want to talk about him anymore. But, you know, here we are. Uh, David Hogg <laughs> is tweeting out on Friday. Um, he says, bet. And he shows an article that says why David Hogg and leftists can't win the meme war. And then he follows that up by saying, retweet if you wish to enlist in the meme war against the hate and misinformation from the alt-right. Good luck. Uh-huh. Good luck. Yeah, does, is that You're, is that really a fight that he wants to pick? Dude, I don't want to fight 4chan. Absolutely no, not. Nobody does. Yeah. Just look uh, at the Shia LaBeouf thing. If you yeah. are not afraid of 4chan, you should be. Yeah, I absolutely I I I am um I follow the Chamberlain uh, approach to appeasing 4chan, you know. All those Hitlers over at 4chan, I appease. I do not fight. Yep. They they are going to dominate the world, and that's just fine. They're going to seize all the territory. I want to see David Hogg attempt to out-meme 4chan, the rest of them. Good luck, dude. I want to see your dankest. Throw yep. them down. It'd be fun. It'd be fun if you set it up like a poker match or whatever. Like you put your chips in, you know, and you you bet, and then you lay down your card, and everybody gets to vote on the dankest meme or something like that. Like yeah. who had the best one? David Hogg doesn't have shit. I guarantee <laughs> you that. I think this kid's funny. Yeah, right. And well, I don't have to say kid anymore, and that's the fun part. David oh, yeah, Hogg's an yeah, adult yeah. now, so I don't have to feel bad. He can't use his child shield anymore, and of course, he's still part of this public discourse. So. His ideas and his approach and his tactics are subject to scrutiny anyhow. Yep. But this wasn't the only thing David Hogg was tweeting over the weekend, or at least last week. On Wednesday, David Hogg tweets out he is going to lead a protest of Publix grocery stores in Florida. I was previously unfamiliar with Publix. Yeah. Because of this, I thought, next time I'm in Florida, going (laughs) straight to Publix, since they're targeted by David Hogg. Changed my mind now for reasons we'll discuss in a moment, but... David Hogg is going after them because the company had supported a candidate for Florida governor who supports and has an A rating from the NRA. This candidate described himself as an NRA sellout, like jokingly. Uh, So David Hogg doesn't like him because he supports the NRA. Now, faced with the protest, this is where my beef with the grocery store chain comes in, Publix. Faced with the protest, before it even happened, this, um, this protest happened... Was it Friday or yesterday? Sometime over the weekend. It's faced with the protest. Publix responds saying they are suspending political contributions while they evaluate. So David Hogg threatens them and they just cave. They say, okay, we'll stop. We'll stop. We'll stop. Just kidding. Pulled the old Ace hardware. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget. Never go to Ace now, you know. Uh, so Hogg and his entourage of two dozen protesters, this real big crew he's rolling with of 20 people. <laughs> They said they were going to call off the protest because Publix had caved to them, as we'll see in the news piece in a moment. But then they decided, fuck it, we're going to protest anyway because the company didn't say they would suspend political contributions permanently. So the, the company said, fine, we'll take a break. We'll evaluate what we're doing. Just leave us alone. And then they said, not good enough. Suspend it permanently. You're not allowed to give to the candidates you want to support in the future. You have to check with us first. That's what we're going on here. Haven't these people learned apologize for nothing and never cave? Especially when you've done literally nothing Nothing wrong. wrong. You're just exercising your rights within the confines of the law. They've not done anything illegal. There's no ethical breach here, at least that David Hogg has articulated. There's nothing wrong with supporting the policies and candidates that you choose, be it as a collective entity 
in the case of Publix, or be it as an individual if you want to vote or support a candidate. There are already laws that govern this in terms of how much money you can give. Are there any laws that govern this in terms of what kind of deals you can cut with a politician if you're a corporation, those sorts of things? Mm-hmm. They didn't violate those. They're right. just exercising their rights to support who they want to support, but David Hogg's going to try to blackmail them anyway. And this is what the this is what local news coverage of this looks like. And it just infuriated me watching this. So get ready. Because I just when I thought I couldn't loathe David Hogg anymore, this comes out. This public store clearly overwhelmed. The corporation had decided to handle this protest passively. Even though there was a large police presence, they did not escort anybody out of the store except for media at one point. Uh, At one point, it looked like the the protest wasn't going to go off, but then it did, and it was chaos. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas gun reform activist David Hogg and about two dozen protesters stormed this Parkland Publix to stage a die-in. Protesters laying down... I forgot. That's what it's called is a die-in. So they're just going in the store and laying on the floor to act like dead bodies who were created by this grocery oh, store's support. So not even of the NRA directly. Remind you, not that they're giving the NRA money directly. They're giving money to a politician who likes the NRA. And it's not as, of course, it's not as though the NRA is directly responsible for bodies either. The NRA has killed nobody. Right. Ugh, I don't have to explain that to our audience, but that's what they want you to believe in the store to symbolize people who've died from gun violence and to call out the grocery chain for donating over half a million dollars to Adam Putnam's campaign for governor. The problem with Publix giving Adam Putnam money is that he is a A-rated politician by the National Rifle Association. Inside the store, counter-protesters chanted back at the die-in participants. Publix released a statement just minutes before the protest saying in part, we would never knowingly disappoint our customers or the communities we serve. As a result, we decided earlier this week to suspend corporate funded political contributions as we reevaluate our giving processes and it appeared to appease the protesters. As of right now, we're calling it off because that shows that they they are willing to work with us. But soon after, they changed their mind and staged the die-in, causing chaos in the store as a crush of cameras tried to document it all. They didn't say that they're permanently going to they're permanently going to stop. They didn't say permanently. Yeah, they didn't say permanently. They said for now. And they also oh, they also on. said that they never they didn't say anything about taking back the $670,000 that they gave. Why can't they give that to the Stoneman Douglas victims? Why can't they give money to whoever the hell they want? It's not your That's money. Outrageous. Good grief. That just shows that you should never capitulate. You're not going to appease them. Yeah, and my understanding is that the the store did not make any kind of effort to remove these people, have them arrested for trespass, anything like that. They just allowed them to lay on the grocery store floor blocking traffic. Nope. You call the cops, get them out of there. Yeah. I think this was um, not only on principle, the wrong move by public. So obviously, uh, in terms of explaining my perspective on this, obviously shame on Hogg for bullying. Okay. That's what he's doing. He's, he's bullying. He, he's trying to shame publics for having an opinion different than him and he's trying to blackmail them he's trying to pressure them exactly. into uh, into adopting his perspective okay but corporations need to not respond no company statement if you're going to release a company statement it should say david hogg kick rocks Everybody and that's love that come on that's the thing that bugs me about the company is one on principle do not apologize for exercising your rights within the law do, don't just don't you did nothing what? wrong release a statement that says Publix did nothing wrong and haven't and we go to Publix. Laura Ingram and all of these other situations that these things just blow over? Ace Hardware was back being a sponsor on Laura Ingram's show like 
yeah. weeks after David Hawk shut his mouth about it. But beyond just the principle, the idea that on principle you should stand for your rights, I think this is a political miscalculation. David Hogg is losing. Yeah. Okay. You, you take a stance against him politically. I think it's actually a winner for mm-hmm. your company. If I lived in Florida and they released a statement that was up to and including as extreme as fuck David Hogg, <laughs> I would go straight to that store. So would I. I'd be like, all right. It's the yeah. Wendy's effect. So I, I think it's the wrong choice on principle, obviously. I think it's the wrong political calculation. And and I think what's going to happen, obviously, is you're going, you're never going to win the hog people. Right. They're already going to hate you. You're going to lose people like me and us. Like I, if I lived in the area, absolutely would have gone to Publix immediately. Now I'd be, now I feel like, now I look at them uh, the same way I look at Starbucks, which is like, you did nothing wrong. And you did this whole virtue signal apology when you did nothing wrong. And now I don't like you because of that. Exactly. And then people that don't know anything about it or are ambivalent about it have a visceral reaction to his face. Like just look <laughs> at him and they're like, yeah. I hate this kid. Like yeah. there's something uniquely detestable about David Hogg. He's just the worst. He's I, He's got the most punchable face I've ever seen. I disavow. <laughs> I disavow the use of violence to go uh, in pursuit of political aims. That's called terrorism. I didn't say I'm going to punch him. I just said I look at his face and I <laughs> want to punch him. Gotcha. Thanks for clarifying. Good thing we're not in the UK. I think that would get you put in jail anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's all I got to say. Uh, shame on Hog. Unfortunately, shame on Publix, too. Yep. Really dropped the ball on this one. For sure. We've got a million super chats. Go for it. Uh, JVDude9061, looking forward to a great show. Eternally grateful the brave people who have served our country. As a side note, would you guys consider not mentioning mass shooters by name on your show? Um, I think Stephen Molyneux talked about this, but the dead ones especially, um, I don't have to worry about them relishing in their, their infamy. I feel conflicted about this. I know there are some data sources that suggest that that the fame is what they're after. I've heard people reference it. I know they're not doing it on the Daily Wire. <laughs> It seems like a virtue signal thing to me when people are like, we're not going to mention this person that did this awful crime because it incentivized. I need some evidence that it actually incentivized other people. I don't really believe. And I also want to be as factually specific as possible. Now, granted, the other side of it is you can be as you can be totally factually specific with every detail about the person, but their name. Question is, does that bring fame? I don't know. I mean, I, I have conflicting thoughts about this as of now. I, I have been using the name, obviously, but uh, yeah, yeah. But I don't feel like it's a moral failing to do so either. I don't agree. Agree. Um, Neo Unrealist. It took a couple of days, but Tommy Robinson's story hit the top of Drudge Report. Sweet. It's a big deal, as Joe Biden says. And yes, the intro was skipped. That is. Hold on. We'll we will uh, visit that when the show is processed. But for now, I'm giving you a temporary. You are fake news. Fake Very news. fake news. I don't Even know. though I will say thank I you for supporting Neo the show. Realist. What can I say? Uh, well, he's uh, he he has he has been a reliable source of information in the past, and I thank him for his support. Way back in the day, I've known him for like a year. He actually um, was one of the people that really helped me assemble a lot of the evergreen material when oh, I was really? putting together. Yeah, those were some of the biggest projects I've ever worked on, like assembling all the sequence of events in, in evergreen. He was really, really helpful on that. So um, he's, I think his channel's getting pretty big now. I know he's doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he works hard. Um, Zach says, hey, Blonde, how's the wedding planning going? I got married last week and it was fun, but I am so relieved to be done with it. It was a really stressful experience. Um, it was so easy to plan. In like one afternoon, I had huh. everything taken care of because I'm eloping and I'm cheap. <laughs> uh, 
Jeez. All right. Sweet. Sweet Thank deal. That. That's what every guy wants. Yeah. Lucky dude. I mean, once I realized what it was, am I going to have to pick out napkin colors and flowers yeah. and invite all these people in my family that hate each other? I was like, I'm out. I'm not doing Yeah. It. Take a sweet vacation instead. That's what we're doing. Eastern yeah. Europe. Justin Keen said, finally taking a Monday off work and I get to watch you guys live for once from little old New Zealand. Love your work. Uh, love your work team. Wish me luck as I get moved to London for my job. Oh, geez. Oh, no. Oh, man. No, good luck. I'm Careful of those and, knives. They're, they're and coming. congratulations on the career advancement. Yeah. That's, that's Thanks sweet. for showing the show. Michael Schlecht went to the mm. gun rage today. The cashier, while ringing me up, called me by the proper pronunciation of my name. He was good. probably confused at me holding back laughter. He probably listens to the show. Yeah, I bet he does. Are you the Michael Schlecht? <laughs> yes, sir. I'll take this. I'll take this gun Thank right you. away, please. Uh, Air Nuclear, nice being able to watch it live. Did you hear about the Oregon Bar having a reparation happy hour? Yeah, I did see the headline. I want to read about this. Yes, white people were expected to pay for it, but not to attend. That is my And then there were little flogging stations in the back. Ah, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, stand outside and um, yeah, chain your wrists into a, a post <laughs> and wait to be whipped later. That's What a bunch of pussies. Yeah. That is just outrageous. Um, AZ Archer, here you go, my weekly coinage for keeping things classy. And I'll toot my own horn by telling you, pass my commercial driver's license. Thank you. Good oh, job. Congrats. Congrats. William Malvo, stream went live mid sentence minus intro like reverse sopranos. Uh, check your smug before you brand us liars, beta boy. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you, it did not. I don't know. I don't think that they're all messing with me. Mid sentence. It, it probably just, um, what happens is it's probably YouTube like, if it if it actually started with us talking, YouTube probably had some kind of like issue with receiving the stream, but I have zero drop frames. Telling you, when it processes seven years from now, when YouTube's all done, it's gonna be perfectly fine. There was one episode that it actually took like four days. Yes, but it it's fixed itself lately. Yeah. I just don't trust YouTube. Um, HR says, Matt, have you received my emails regarding God? I would love to pick your brain on this topic. Uh, probably, although I've been, you know, a, a, I've, if they're really recent, I've been away from my computer since like Thursday. So, you know, um, I will be catching up on emails probably Tuesday. So if they're, you know, if they're really recent, I probably just haven't seen them yet. Um, thank you. Neo 24. Oh, oy vey go. I am two years. Have some shekels for my favorite half fashy duo gave us $14. <laughs> oh, of course. I, d- <laughs> Thanks, Neo. I, I disavow. Oh no, you don't. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait till BuzzFeed writes a writes an article about that. It's chat. never going to happen. You're just going to keep flying under the radar. I know. To your to your sadness. Um, hmm. The domestic engineer, grateful bear. It's my birthday. Here's some monies for the future. Little blonde being a mom is the best, and you're going to kick ass at it. Thanks for giving me some sanity, safe space on my Sundays at work. Thank you. Well, thank you. That. Appreciate that, Christopher. Happy Hatt. birthday. Happy birthday, uh, Christopher Hat says it's a werewolf. Run for your lives. Uh, maybe shoot it. That's what someone did. Some rancher shot it. Oh, is that how it done? Yeah, it was shot. It could have yeah. just lived out its days. Attacking people. Well, they, we don't know what it got. <laughs> it probably was a half wolf, half dog. That's probably what we're looking at. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Obi-Wan 2020. The problem with it is that he was originally arrested for breaching the peace, then charged with contempt of court. If the defense can prove he was imprisoned under false pretense, he should go free. Well, I certainly hope that that happens. Because yeah, this might be another case like... Um, like uh, the case of Count Dankula, where like as the law is written, the law might actually be properly applied. That doesn't mean the law is just. You know, that's that's really what we're getting at yes. here. Is um, I think at least as some of the stuff I've seen in the UK exists, definitely needs some rewrites of some th- some laws that are being applied. Um, 
you know, obviously we want to all follow the law as, as much as possible if we believe in being law-abiding citizens, but there is a such thing as an unjust law that must be resisted yep. and reformed. Agreed. Yeah. Rainer Chen, we'll watch your show tomorrow. Have a good one, you guys. P.S. Curious about your thoughts on Elon Musk lashing out on the media and the media <laughs> calling him just like Trump. Um, for those he, of you that haven't seen- Did he go seen, JQ? Is that, he, is that what this was? He said, <laughs> he said, well, do you know- who owns the media or who yeah. runs the media? Something like was that, that. meant to mean like there were wealthy elites or was that meant to mean, meant to mean Jews? You know what he meant. Is that really what he meant? I have a hard time believing he'd be that publicly reckless. I mean, I really think that's what he meant. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know though, because he's also a South, a South African billionaire who's not saying anything about the plight of whites, even though he single-handedly could bring awareness to this. So I don't know how woke he actually is like i don't know i don't know what's going on with him but he's creating a conversation about it so and everybody's freaking out that's the really important thing yeah um that's not right two roads converge into wood and i i took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference because it led me to making love to matt <laughs> uh yeah i remember that that was a good time thank you thanks yeah uh keck files i'm just gonna do two more right now and then i'll circle back congrats two years anniversary tommy media banned worldwide cable tv in australia even instructed not to report on it what what they cannot let him be harmed or killed as it will bring the country to civil war. Yeah, the, the martyrdom aspect, I think, is, hmm. is important to note here. Thank you for that. And last one for right now, Stuart Kassan, Kassan. Publix that David Hogg attacked only donated 5000 to the NRA, but donated over a million dollars to Planned Parenthood and other leftist causes. Oh, of course, of meaning course. Meaning that David hurt the left more than the NRA. Of Good. course, yeah. Leftist cannibalism is how we're going to end the left. God, um, dude, we'll I didn't know that. Back. Thank you for that detail. That, that adds a lot of irony into an already ironic case. Yikes. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to talk football. Incidentally. Duh. But it doesn't really have much to do with the sport. But of course, we know, we're familiar with the anthem thing that's been going on for the last two years, really. Colin Kaepernick started it two years ago. Really? I kneeled I've during, heard about it. <laughs> I kneeled during the anthem. And um, of course, it is one of potentially several factors that have led to a decline in NFL viewership. Um, this season, I think they were down something like 8 to 10% in viewership. People uh, responding to polls say, at least in part, that the anthem protests are part of their reason not to tune in anymore. So what we're dealing with for the NFL is, um, in addition to the perceived middle finger to the flag, which I would like to see people stand up against generally, you're dealing with a real business problem. You're dealing with losing people money. And if not for American patriotism, you got to take care of that from the business perspective. So the NFL owners get together and on Wednesday, they announced a new anthem rule that was unanimously approved. All the 32 owners in the league, even though the, the 49ers owner said as he abstained, but the point is nobody said no, apparently. Uh, this rule is basically that, uh, that players now are going to be required to stand if they are on the field during the national anthem performance before the game. But there's an option for those players who choose not to participate. If you don't want to stand with your hand over your heart for the national anthem, you can stay in the locker room. The policy subjects teams to a fine if a player or other team personnel does not show respect for the anthem. Interestingly, they're deciding to find the teams as opposed to the specific player. So if, you know, if, uh, if, if, if Kaepernick were still in the league, if he were a good quarterback, what a ridiculous hypothetical, but let's say he was on a team and he kneeled again, they would, they would find that team, not Kaepernick. I mean, I guess that's good because it disincentivizes teams from taking on these players with social justice warrior initiatives. Hmm. 
Although I think um, they're willing to take that hit if the player is exceptionally good. We've seen all kinds of domestic abuse in the NFL. Adrian Peterson beating his kids, for example, but he gets welcomed back because why? Because he was at least was a good running back. I bet the domestic abuse is less of a financial penalty than the social justice warrior shit. Potentially. (laughs) Uh, But at the end of the day, what teams want and what people want with the NFL is really good football. They want people who run fast and hit hard and they want a good show. And that's what you pay to that's what you pay to consume. Well, with they the don't NFL. want to be distracted by political or social issues. It's yeah. the whole point of going to a sporting event. Yes. So Roger Goodell comes out on Wednesday and announces this this change. And he really doesn't say too much, but I, I wanted to include a couple clips in this because I watched this press conference. They have Roger Goodell and a couple team owners. These are the owners, some of whom uh, some of the owners who decided this new rule. And What they said was, you know, I'm so-and-so from such team. I'm also on the social justice committee. Why? The the, the NFL has a social justice committee. You see what happens when you compromise a little bit. Then you've got committees. You have to pander to people. Just don't compromise at all. So so here's the statement with a couple owners from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Uh, And to all 32 clubs, uh, which was unanimous, is that we want people uh, to be respectful to national anthem. We want people to stand. That's all personnel and make sure that uh, they treat this uh, moment in a respectful fashion. That's something that we think we owe. Michael Bidwell with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm also uh, among the other uh, committees that I serve on. I'm a member of the Social Justice Working Group uh, with the Players Coalition, so we work on a lot of uh, important social justice issues. Hello, I'm Jimmy Haslam with the Cleveland Browns and also have the uh, privilege of serving on the Social Justice Committee with Michael and several other owners. Okay, Uh, just just to remind you, you're not a football person. I don't know how much of our audience is. The Cleveland Browns went, oh, in 16 last year they did not win a game that's historically awful and you have team leadership at least in part devoting time to the social justice committee they had a good offseason hopefully they'll win some games but i'd rather see if i'm a browns fan i'd rather see that that few hours of time dedicated to the social justice committee maybe dedicated to winning a few games so that i as a fan can have some entertainment uh for which i currently or formerly pay I wanted to look into this social justice committee because I, I had no, I, I consider myself an avid follower of the NFL or at least the Vikings specifically. And I had no knowledge of this social justice committee, but this was formed in January. It is a player own, uh, player owner committee focusing as you could guess on social and racial justice issues they're, Apparently they're talking a lot about like disparities and criminal sentencing and things like that. The NFL as a league, committed $90 million over seven years to this project. Oh, my God. $90 million. Yes, $90 million. $90 million commitment to players' social justice issues. So what here's kind the, of criminal disparities are they talking about? Um, let's, it was something about sentencing, sentencing differences. It wasn't a, you know, I, I don't know what the... The evidence is I've, I've seen, you know, some people claiming that there are significant uh, sentencing differences for the same crime among races. I don't consider myself an expert on that. I don't know if that's true or if that's bunk. Uh, what, what about it says is, frequency of crime being well, that's, committed? How about that? They're talking about the sentencing. They're not talking about the crime rate. That's so crazy. where there is accountability across the board. Okay, so here's what one of the, play, the uh, retired player who sits on the, the committee, Anquan Bolden, said one way he would like to the transformation to come nationwide 
from the seeds of the NFL movement is through encouraging legislation, quote, where there is accountability across the board in communities in which the players think sentencing guidelines are onerous on African-Americans, among other issues. That is kind of ambiguous. There's no community in which sentencing guidelines are specific to blacks. Yeah. yeah. That would be unconstitutional. But and are these I think what they're saying is as they apply beating their wives, getting, you know, the requisite amount of time that they should be irrespective of their net worth. That's really what they should be talking about. If we're going to bring up sentencing. I, I don't know. I don't know. All mm-hmm. I know is all I know is none of this is the reason people tune into your product. Stop killing your own product. And whether you're, whether you're a fan of the way Trump has handled this or not, um, it, it resonates with a lot of people. And so the president was actually given this news this on, so on Fox and friends. And the president reacted the following way, which of course itself has become controversial. The NFL has made a decision on something that means a lot to you and a lot of other Americans. The NFL has vo- the owners have voted unanimously to approve a new national anthem rule that says if you're not going to stand, stay in the locker room. If you go to the field, you have to stand. If you have a protest, your team's going to get fined. This is the first time you're hearing this. What's your reaction, Mr. President? Well, I think that's good. I don't think people should be staying in locker rooms, but still, I think it's good. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Well, you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. And the NFL owners did the right thing of that sort. And that's what people are mad about. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. Good for him. Yeah. And he has a little bit more to say. What they've done. If, if that is the story, do you feel like you push this story forward and you push this to a conclusion? I think the people pushed it forward. This was not me. I brought it out. I think the people pushed it forward. This country is very smart. We have very smart people. And, you know, that's something ideally could have been taken care of when it first started. It would have been a lot easier. But if they did that, they're doing the right thing. Hmm. That's why we voted for him. (laughs) Maybe you shouldn't be in this country. (laughs) It's classic Trump. It was a very Trumpy response. And, of course, I, I have some maybe like very minor concerns with the way the president has handled this. And I'll, I'll explain them maybe moment in a moment, but as always happens in these scenarios, any of Trump's shortcomings are way are so small in comparison to the shortcomings in the reaction. Yeah. yeah. So you had, um, you have black lives matter, New York claiming that, that this is uh, that the NFL's decision to give its players a choice of, supporting the national anthem or staying in the locker room is um is is comparable to slavery it's a it's a policy of slavery this is what they had to say black lives matter has some harsh words for the nfl over their new policy on kneeling during the national anthem the new york blm president saying to newsweek the fact that the nfl owners did not seek a diplomatic solution to this problem is very disheartening black men work on their fields and they have no sympathy for their suffering similar to slavery the nfl's actions today force their players to abide by their rules or face harsh consequences no sympathy for their sufferings can you imagine like going back in time and showing an actual slave that clip? Yes. They'd be like, yeah. shut up. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's so cringe. No sympathy for their, for their struggle or their, or their, their, their suffering is what they said. Um, what they're saying is I've got a deal for you. You can play a, you can play a, a game. And I will pay you millions of dollars to do it because you're quite good at it. You're yeah. an elite athlete. You're quite good. At it. All you got to do is play the game. 
give you millions of dollars. Yeah. And if you don't agree to the terms, then you can go do something else. What suffering? What's the suffering in such an arrangement? There are entire stadiums filled with tens of thousands of many, many white people will cheer for you. And every little boy in the country looks up to you and wants to be you. Yeah. What suffering are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Then this, this opinion piece in the Indy oh Star. Opinion. The NFL's new national anthem policy enslaves black players <laughs> and fans. It's just an excerpt from this, this op-ed. Uh, the decision by the NFL picks a side. And once again, my side loses. Status quo maintained. Power is returned to the 32 non-black owners of the predominantly black league. My only hope is that the players will find new ways to protest while adhering to the league policy. And my only fear is that owners will fast track talks to strip that freedom away from them as well. Make no mistake, being forced to stand or forced to do anything at all makes this the land of the partially free and the home of the enslaved. Oh my God. The home of the enslaved. The Hyperbole much? The part where you the part you forgot is, of course, that there are multiple choices in play here, including the policy itself gives you a choice. Nobody's even forcing you to stand. You can stand or you can remove yourself. You can yeah. not participate. And by the way, when you do that, no employment consequences. You just sit out for a minute and a half and then you come back later. No consequences for opting out, as well as the option whether to work that job at all. Right. The option to just leave at any time. The, the home of the enslaved, the home, you know, the land of the partially free and home of the enslaved. Okay. That is just outrageous. See, this is another example. Just when you give people an inch, they will take a mile. The NFL should have been like, no compromise. You don't stand proudly. You're off the team. You don't get mm. paid. As a business decision, that makes sense. So they're, yeah. they're, they're obviously suffering a business um a business consequence here. I want to be clear as somebody who has criticized business interests cracking down on free speech before, like Twitter or whatever else, or people whose employers punish them for saying the wrong things on social media. I've always tried to uphold a free speech culture as much as possible. And maybe some people are wondering why I come down pretty much firmly on one side of this. And that might seem at odds with some things I've said in the past, but I will say I, I will always support maintaining a free speech culture. Um, even as much as possible within private businesses. But the distinction here, let's keep in mind, these players are protesting on company time. They're not being punished for going out and talking about police brutality, going out and talking about sentencing guidelines on their right. own time. And the NFL wouldn't punish them for that. Yeah, they're they're punished... at work when they do this. I would never take a job and expect to be given protest time on the clock. Okay. So in addition yeah. to just accepting those terms of your employment, th that you can negotiate those terms of your contract, why would, how, this is not govern, this is not um, a business controlling your speech heavy handedly outside of your employment. This is saying, look, when you're on the clock, we're going to have work time. Okay. Yeah, of course. But what if you were raised your entire life to believe that your oppression and your victimization was also your power? Yeah. This is a cultural problem. And I want to say, too, I'm not a huge fan of Trump trying to influence um, uh, private business in the way that he is. I, I do have some minor un, uh, uh, discomfort with that. But as I said, it's so minuscule in comparison to this absurd counterreaction of claims of slavery and other things. It's like, well, maybe I don't like that. At the end of the day, I agree with Trump on the cultural sentiment and it is a cultural sentiment that that resonates with a lot of people. So I think it's politically wise for him. The other thing I wanted to say is um, 
I do think from the NFL's perspective, this is very fair. They're they're giving players the option not to participate. So I, they're, they're ripping the players are ripping them for not consulting the players in making the decision. But I think they gave the players plenty of um plenty of middle ground here. Um, but I don't see this policy actually being effective. I don't think it's going to solve much. Um, I think you're going to have a lot of players staying in the locker room, and you're still going to have those stories written about them. Uh, yeah, if and, they would have just kicked these people off their teams and refused to capitulate, this would have blown over like a year ago. And that's the other problem is they're late to the game. So for anybody who wants the NFL to be patriotic, pro-America, nobody's really buying that. I don't I don't buy that the NFL reached this decision because of love of country. I buy, I buy that they reached this decision because of um, business because it was uh, mandatory from a business perspective. That doesn't mean that it's wrong, but I'm a little bit disappointed that it wasn't until it actually impacted them financially that they decided, oh, you know, America's pretty cool, actually. That's I, good. I, I, that that yeah. shows the general public that they can change, you know, company yeah. policies with their dollars, that there's still some power with the consumer. I and like because that. it took that financial arm twisting, I don't think the people who left the NFL will come back very easily. So I think you're going to have the players still protesting and I think you're going to have the NFL still struggling for, um, yeah. for, for fans to return. Yeah. Once so. again, they could have solved this if they just refused to apologize and took care of business right away. Yeah. God, yep. these companies are so stupid. They have no long-term plan. They're like, just don't call us racist. Oh my God. Yeah, and to the, it's, it's like with Publix too. There's a certain degree of admiration for people who stand for something, even if you disagree with what right. they stand for. Right. And it's not that I, my, my distaste for Colin Kaepernick and the rest of them, I disagree with almost everything Colin Kaepernick says, but it, I'm not annoyed with him because he stands for it. I'm annoyed with him because, because he thinks he's entitled to a selfish display on a stage that is about non-political entertainment for people who pay money to see it and on a stage that is filled with the rest of his teammates who may or may not agree with him. If he was doing this on his own time, I'd be like, eh, that guy's wrong. Yeah. But good for him. But at least he doesn't beat his wife. Sure. Good for no him for, for doing work on something he believes in. I guess. I mean, whatever. I don't I, care about football, so I wouldn't even look into it, but yeah. I see what you're saying. Yes. That, that, that's, you know, that's the problem is like, you've insisted on making this a selfish display in front of people who didn't pay for what it is that you're pushing. You, you, you've made this all about you instead of the people who are paying to be entertained. And I find that to be really off-putting and, and yeah, entitled. I think it's annoying. Before we leave the story though, Trump, I don't have that much of a problem because he was asked directly about it. Like, I don't like it when people ask him questions and then he responds appropriately and then they just like, if yeah, but he inserted that... himself previously. Remember when he was campaigning for Luther oh, Strange in Alabama? Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah I should have clarified. Answer. Don't necessarily have a specific problem with that clip, but but previously, like last fall, get that son of a bitch off the field. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. You see someone kneeling, say, yeah, fire him. He's fired. You know, that's Trump. That's, that's, that's Trumpy. I get I it. I like it. Yeah, I get it. Uh, but yes, thank you for clarifying because that helps uh, helps people understand. Oh, so I dogged on you for no reason, I guess. Ah, well, yeah, it happens once in a while. <laughs> there are plenty of reasons otherwise. Let's uh, let's get through these other Trump. Well, or should we take a break? What do you think? We got lots right? of super chats. Okay, let's, let's just do a like few. a few of them right now. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Travis Valle, did you get new fan art? Also, Crowder did a story on the Publix protest. Publix has also pulled donations from Planned Parenthood. David Hogg, MVP for right wing recruiting. Interesting. First NRA now defunding Planned Parenthood. Um, yeah. We didn't get new fan um, art, no. I'm behind on my emails, so if they hit my inbox today, I probably didn't see it. I just, it's oh, been... I thought you meant like on the show. It's possible I haven't checked the show email. Yeah, it's just been a busy weekend with holiday plans and such, so um, if it's in there, I will get to it next weekend. I apologize for that. Yes, we will. It'll be on the show next week. Um, Sock Puppet Joe, I think the suspended sentence was only three to five months. Hmm. Okay. We'll see what happens. I mean, 
he has been in jail for a year before that hasn't he i think that the, the mortgage fraud i don't know was in jail for a year yeah i don't know and to my understanding he had just co-signed a loan for somebody else that committed mortgage fraud okay yeah i don't know like something about like it. they were gonna get him on something you know yeah yeah David Alexander, instead of isolating jurors, UK government thinks it's better a better idea to prevent the public from talking about active court cases. I think that's what you're missing, Matt. Sorry, say it one more time. Instead of isolating jurors, the UK government thinks it's a better idea to prevent the public from talking about active court cases. Um, hmm. I don't know that that's true because I'm not seeing continuity across all UK court cases. And I can understand how there is a political, there is an interest as far as, the, as far as the court proceedings go in, in preventing the contamination of them. I just don't see how what Tommy's doing contaminates the court proceedings. Yeah. But, they hmm. didn't do that about these groom gangs, these grooming gangs. I don't know. I guess I'd have to know how much the crime that Tommy committed is actually being done by other people. How much live streaming outside of courthouses is actually happening. I have no idea. <sighs> Um, Scott Allen says England fought their civil war and the colonies revolted in part because of the star chambers because of star chambers it's why our principles of law are explicit in our constitution Google star chambers because they are back hmm. um, Wendy Jensen thank you for that uh, Scott Wendy Jensen hello from Fresno California this weekend at a local high school baseball game it was announced the national anthem wouldn't be played all the people in the stand <laughs> stood up and sang the anthem it was beautiful well good, good. I'm glad to hear that even in the, the people's republic of California good yeah. for them Good. Yeah. I, at a certain point, people aren't going to stand for this bullshit. Uh, Redica says the UK issues media gag order on cases instead of isolating the jury, but he was not issuing names and faces. This still seems gotcha. like political imprisonment. Okay. So there is, there is uh, a, a general thinking behind that rule. At least that's helpful for us to understand it. I, that seems really ineffective for me, particularly in the digital age of information. Yeah, it's like they exchange. don't understand the internet, but maybe it's just outdated and it's never been updated well, for that to know? work. You would have to block all sites from people from international sites reporting on it in the UK. And it just seems that the cost is, is far too great too. Like the cost of keeping your entire population in the dark, just so one court proceeding can function. That seems kind of crazy. Hmm. Uh, Wendy Jensen says there is hope for us in California. Thank you, Wendy. Hmm. Um, GM Roy, GMD Roy. No note. Thanks. Uh, Wendy again, Travis Allen for governor. Uh, Redica hmm. says journalists that cower before the police state are cowards because the wolf will come for you soon enough. That's that's probably true. Yeah. The thinking that if I just appease them and follow the rules, they'll never come after me is probably naive. I think that's I think that's right. East Patriot says, call me a racist. I don't care. I don't give a yeah. fuck. <laughs> you have to stand up. Sadly, I see civil war in England if this continues. Yes. Wow. Anyway. Um, and people, please email find love in Japan. Nobiko, because he's not <laughs> answering my emails and I would love to have him on the show. Yeah, I love that guy. Uh, Ryan says Funny the UK stuff. need Oswald Mosley 2.0. Let's get through a mm. few more of these. Real reason Sargon cucked out. He will not leave, but not talk about it. He needs to go 1776 or leave. Every sane person needs to flee the UK. At this point, they need to use violence or go to the USA. Sargon is a nothing because mm. he got cut Redacted. Out. Sargon is a redacted. Yeah. I haven't seen what Sargon had to say or didn't say. I, did, I did see he was uh, live streaming this week in Stupid before. Yeah, but I thought yeah. he was talking about it. So um, this is news to me. Hmm. Uh, let's just do two more right now. Nerdy Dove. There will be a war in the UK if this doesn't change, which it won't. Their attempt to stop this will only energize them. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. 
And last one for right now, I'll circle back. Uh, Two Way says the Tommy situation is going to be the excuse for the UK government to crack down on the internet. It's going to get a lot worse. You can't crack down on the internet. It doesn't even work happen. in China. It's not going to happen. Yeah. The only thing you can do is give people an incentive to behave in you know legal ways. Like, exactly. Like the, like the iTunes example. Yeah. You know? Or Gives, just love of country will do it usually. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. We're good for now. Let's cool. circle back to these later. Well, I, uh, I committed the classic recurring sin that I always do, which is I think, oh, it's a holiday weekend. I'm going to do a short show. I'm going to do only a few topics. And there's a million things I want to talk about that I can't, uh, that I can't eliminate. So I'll try to be, um, I'll try to be quick here in the interest of time. Cause I know both of us and a lot of people in the audience got stuff to do in this weekend. So my sure apologies do. for trying to jam too much into the show as I always do. But there were a couple of um, pieces of Trump news left over in addition to the NFL uh, policy that uh, that I that I wanted to discuss. So um, this was classic. Did you see? Uh, um, well, actually, let's. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Here we go. So the 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 the, the MS thirteen controversy from last week. Trump calls MS thirteen animals. The media lie about it. They say that he was calling all immigrants animals. And then some people went as far as like Nancy Pelosi to say that. To, essentially defend MS 13 and to talk about like the dignity of all people. Like even (laughs) if he was talking about MS 13, you can't call people animals except for Trump and Republicans. And yes, except for them and except for apparently, um, actual animals or uh, actual, uh, MS 13 gang members, gang members named animal. So there was a MS 13 gang member nicknamed animal sentenced to 40 years. This week, uh, like right on cue, May 22nd, Animal, the MS-13 huh. gang member, is going to jail. He, um, he received a 40-year prison sentence this week for conspiracy or a conspiracy that included the murder of a 15-year-old child or 15-year-old boy. Jeez. And Trump said, uh, and then Trump went after Nancy Pelosi as well. And I'm looking at the notes here. I realized I skipped the North Korea thing. So we'll get to that after this because I want to talk about North Korea too. But um, Trump goes out. Trump is speaking at the the... Susan B. Anthony list, which is a pro-life advocacy group. They had a a dinner and Trump spoke about politics generally and voting for Republicans and why Democrats are bad and, you know, usual politicking. But what he had to say about Nancy Pelosi was again, classically Trumpian. I thought this was a funny clip. So here's Trump talking about Nancy Pelosi's response to his MS-13 comments from last week. To voters all across America who previously sent a Democrat to Washington only to discover they elected a proxy vote for Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. These are people that don't believe in borders, don't believe in fighting crime, don't believe in making a strong military. And the other day, just the other day, Nancy Pelosi came out in favor of MS-13. That's the first time I've heard that. She wants them to be treated with respect, as do other Democrats. That's not going to be happening. We're not going to release violent criminals into our country. And the other day, just the other day, (laughs) I love the way he delivered that line. It just, it cracked me up. And the thing is, I can't say that it's inaccurate. Like, did Nancy Pelosi say, I support MS-13? No. It doesn't matter, but, though, but he's got to play yeah. a little of this game. He can't just let the media devour him for and yeah. misrepresent him for, you know, complete bullshit and yeah. then just 
just take it. He's not that kind of guy. He's going to fight dirty. And the Democrats insist on making themselves an unacceptable alternative. That's the recurring bit we keep doing. How are they going to miraculously lose in 2018? Before we get to um, North Korea, I want to give you yet another example that's disguised as or packaged within surprise cringe. Because who's um, who's a, who's one of the leaders uh, making sure the Democrats will lose in 2018 in addition to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer? But our friend Keith Ellison of wearing I don't believe in borders in Spanish T-shirts. Keith Ellison. <laughs> Keith Ellison did a musical performance at a what was called a min roast. Uh, this was actually on April 27th, but the footage is now out. He roasted Trump musically. Did Keith Ellison on a is stage in surprise cringe? Yes, on a stage in Minneapolis. I'm just kind of prepping you for what you're about to witness, okay. even though that sort of violates surprise cringe rules. But you haven't seen the clip yet, so here's what you're actually watching. Again, how Democrats are going to lose. And now a demonstration in how Democrats will miraculously lose in 2018 and beyond. Just win, baby. That's a sports term. That's a word. <laughs> I'm a nice, honest man. I just want straight shooting. Note the Trump way. I want to be called a stable genius. I just call my best friend Vlad Putin. Robert Mueller. I hate that Robert Mueller. What good is 130K? I should have paid Stormy more. You can stop asking about Comfefe. That's just rushing for porn. I'm a nice, honest man. I hate these national divides. Take those tiki torch guys. Find people on both sides. Both sides. Not five votes on both sides. KKK and Nazis. Nice folks on both sides. (laughs) I cut I cut this up earlier today and I just had Keith Ellison in my head. KKK and Nazis. (laughs) I just couldn't stop laughing. Oh my god. The United States government folks. And that's, I didn't know that's a relative of his, Jeremiah Ellison. I don't know what the relation is, but that's a, a Minneapolis city council member. This is a, this is deputy chair of the democratic party, sitting member of Congress and a major city council member. These are the people in power. This is, is not fringe, not fringe stuff. Maybe this we is, need to revolt. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe the, maybe maybe the UK maybe, is Maybe not we should vacation wrong. in the UK where they don't have that. Zero to execution. Seriously. Maybe a little state control of political dissidents is actually uh, is actually desirable. At least you wouldn't get this sort of nonsense. That is the most undignified performance. I've it was ever bad. Seen. It was very River Gibbs. He had the River yes. Gibbs wig and stuff. Yeah, I would rather find out that he was in a porno or something. <laughs> Okay, in the interest of um, keeping it moving along, the other thing to come You're out of Trump. You're just going to drop that in my lap and then walk away? What do yeah, you- well, I have to. I know, we got we to gotta keep the show moving. Funny stuff, though. Thank you, Keith Ellison. Keep talking because it definitely assures your defeat, and I would like to see you defeated. Uh, so Trump, um, the, 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 the other piece of Trump news this week is, is the North Korea meeting is canceled. Recall that he had scheduled this meeting in Singapore with Kim Jong-un set for June 12th. Well, what happened was 
uh, on Thursday, Trump sends a letter to Kim Jong-un citing Kim's um, tremendous anger and open hostility is what he said. But this letter is really what I want to get to. So let me pull it up here. Tremendous anger and open hostility, Kim Jong-un. That's why I can't meet with you, is what Trump says. And he was responding, Trump was, to a North Korean statement from Wednesday in which a North Korean vice minister of foreign affairs warned that Pyongyang could make the U.S. taste an appalling tragedy that it has neither experienced nor even imagined. And I just want to read the letter because I, I think this might have actually been written by Trump himself. <laughs> yeah. I, think I think it so, might, really. or at least like heavily influenced by Trump himself. Because this is the most Trumpian piece of international negotiation, diplomacy, whatever I've ever seen. So, dear Mr. Chairman, addressed to His Excellency, Kim Jong-un. We appreciate your time, patience, and effort with respect to our recent negotiations and discussions relative to a summit long sought by both parties, which was scheduled to take place on June 12th in Singapore. We were informed that the meeting was requested by North Korea. So, hey, you guys asked for this. But that to us is totally irrelevant. So, <laughs> I was very much looking forward to being there with you. Sadly, based on the tremendous anger and open hostility displayed in your most recent statement, I feel it is inappropriate at this time to have this long-planned meeting. Therefore, please let this letter serve to represent that the Singapore summit, for the good of both parties but to the detriment of the world, will not take place. You talk about your nuclear capabilities, but ours are so massive and powerful that I pray to God they will never be used. And then, okay, so listen, dude, this is just a dick measuring contest. So what we're yeah, talking about yeah. right here, yeah. I know you think you got a big swing and set, but you ain't got shit compared to me is what Trump's saying here. I feel, um, uh, I, I love this part too. I felt a wonderful dialogue was building um, in between you and me. Interesting grammar, in between you and I is what that should be. And ultimately, I mean, I'm not super Nazi about that stuff, but this is a presidential letter. I'm, I'm telling you, Trump wrote it. Trump just wrote it. Uh, it is... Only that dialogue that matters. Someday I look very much forward to meeting with you. In the meantime, I want to thank you for the release of the hostages who are now home with their families. That was a beautiful gesture. Very much appreciated. This is just Trump saying like, hey, listen, thanks for giving me what I wanted, but fuck you. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. If you change your mind having to do with this most important summit, please do not hesitate to call me or write. <laughs> The world, the North, and North Korea in particular, has lost a great opportunity for lasting peace and great prosperity and wealth. The missed opportunity is truly a sad moment in history. I love it. I think it's great. Did you see this gigantic signature, too? He just signed yeah. it with a giant Sharpie. And then he drew a big dick. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All over Kim Jong-un's face. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> reportedly, the North Koreans have refused communication in recent days, but they did respond within hours to this letter saying um, North Korea has willingness to engage in talks with the United States, quote, at any time, at any format. So this doesn't look like any kind of deal killer. This looks like some dick swinging, if I have to speculate. But um, isn't that what Trump is best at, negotiations and dick swinging? I think this was perfect. I think it, I, I laughed reading it. and um, He's like, you're not going to ghost me because we could nuke your country off of the planet. I just yeah. want to remind you. He's, he's kind of calling their bluff about some bullshit is what it sounds yeah. like. Like, yeah, don't enough with the shit talk. You want to, sh you want to talk shit? Let's talk shit. But when you're ready, let's sit down. Is sort of the way this, this happened. And I think between you and me is correct. What? Yeah. You're supposed to take out you building up. Yeah. I, I think that's correct. Between you and I, uh, no, you and me is fine. Yeah. Whatever. I'm sure that's, somebody that, edited that, this. That looks like the epitome of poor grammar to me. <laughs> 
But I don't want to debate grammar. I, I'll wait till the... And yes, I know how to pronounce epitome. I got to qualify the joke every time. I know. Now every time I say epitome and I want to say epitome, I'm like, yes. did I say epitome? Yeah. So we got, I got three things I want to talk about before we get to the interview. That's a, that's a good chunk of time. Unfortunately, I was aiming for 90 minutes, but you know, that never happens. So we got Kendrick Lamar. We got Rachel Dolezal. And we got this 30-year-old on CNN. You want to crank out at least one more of those before we take a break? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. I'll be quick on this one because uh, I don't have that much to say about it. I just want people to see it in the event that they haven't. Most people probably have because it was a big talker this week. Kendrick Lamar was performing uh, in Alabama last Sunday. During, uh, and during this performance, he invited a white female fan on stage to rap his 2012 song called Mad City. You'll, you'll be shocked to know I am not familiar with this <laughs> song, nor am I familiar with Kendrick Lamar's work. But it includes the N-word, does the song, like many rap songs do. So after this fan, this white female fan, rapped Lamar's lyrics, including the N-word, Lamar stops the show saying that she can't say that word. And then Lamar asks the crowd if she would be, if she should be allowed to continue many booed, but he gave her a second chance to rap the song while not saying the N word. And when you hear the clip here, listen, cause the second time through, she's still rapping and just kind of going, eh, like when the N word is in there, she's, you know, it's, it, I, I don't know. I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but it's, it's like something, something, eh, something, something. Eh. She just omits she doesn't say N-word. She just kind of trails off. Let's get through it. Let's just... Yes. This is uh, Kendrick Lamar's performance. One more yes. What's your name? Delaney. Poor Delaney. Delaney. It's Taylor. <laughs> That's a Becky. What are you talking about? Holly. They probably got me down by the end of the song. Stop, stop, stop the show. You gotta bleep one single word no. though. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I do it? Yeah, you did it. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. Should she stay up here? Y'all? Never apologize. No, please keep me up here. I got you. I'll try. I'm used to singing it like a robot. You sure? I swear. You got it. I promise. I'm sorry about that. Now listen closely to how she just kind of omits it. He trapped her. You think it was intentional? Of course it was. He knew what was going to happen. Don't bring up a white girl on the stage. The real thing well, is, why are white people listening to this dude's music? Well, what he said, and I was not able to see the footage, but what he, he said, you know, the, he said like someone previously followed the rules that implied to me that there was someone white before her that did the right thing, I guess, but I can't, I haven't been able to confirm that. So I'm sorry that all these white people made you all of this money and now yeah. you're going to publicly humiliate them. Yeah, we uh, we we got to stop letting these authoritarians police and control language uh, to to the, the irony, of course, is to allow one race of people to use a word and not others. That's inherently, ironically racist. 
Yeah, I hope he loses but, tons of fans. Hmm. I actually have no idea. Is this the dude that's banging Kendall Jenner? Mm, I don't know. Let me know in the live chat. I, I don't actually know don't know who this guy is. I actually, it'll as I said, it'll shock you to know. Not a big Kendrick Lamar guy. I don't know what his relationship or lack of relationship to the Kardashians might be. That poor girl. That's so embarrassing. Yeah, but but um, but I don't want to support artists who do this sort of thing. Uh, and I would say that's true for any race of artists. It's not like a rap thing or a black thing or a white thing. It's just don't try to set up different rules for different races, dude, especially when it's lyrics that you wrote. I don't want to talk this to death because a lot of people talk this to death this week, but you wrote the lyrics. You invited someone on stage to perform them and she performed them. You don't get to morally uh, question her when you're the one that wrote the script. What are you laughing at? What's going on in the chat? Oh, there's just like 10 people were like, who hasn't banged Kendall Jenner? They're oh. saying it was Tyga. No, that was Kylie Jenner. Oh, okay. I don't well, know, guys. <laughs> speaking of racial frauds, let's, let's tackle this really quick because I got a good transition, so I might as well just hop That's right good. into it. And it's a quick story. You remember Rachel Dolezal? Who doesn't? Uh, yeah, we just watched her documentary last week. Oh, did you? Was it good? I mean, it made me think that she's not as much of a fraudster as she is somebody that's like... Uh, you thought too soon. Still. Yeah, I mean... She's clearly a fraudster. <laughs> she's, a, she's an actual, by definition, fraudster. But, At you least know, if the charges are true. It appears there's evidence to support the charges. Uh, is it on Netflix? Where can I watch this? It's on Netflix. It's called... I can't remember. Uh, maybe I'll watch that. Yeah, that sounds interesting. All right. Rachel Dolezal hit with felony theft charge in welfare fraud Ooh. case. As I said, yeah. a fake black lady is committing welfare fraud. I invite horrible jokes in the super chat. Have at it. Or in the chat generally. Make blonde laugh. Go for it. <laughs> Rachel Dolezal of pretending to be black fame since 26, was it 15 or 16? A couple of years. She's facing charges for theft, perjury, and making false veri verification for public assistance in Washington State, your neck of the woods. I think she's still in Spokane. After I can't she look at the live chat right now. After, so after she allegedly made false statements to secure nearly $9,000 in food and childcare assistance, according to court documents, state investigators looked into Dolezal's finances in March of 2017, a year ago, after the publication of her book. Dolezal claimed that her only source of income at the time was $300 per month in gifts from friends. The department found that she had deposited nearly $84,000 in her bank between August 2015 and September 2017 without, uh, or rather November 2017. Oh, wait, never mind. That's what she, anyways, for a period of, a, of um, two years, basically, she earned $84,000 and didn't report it. And uh, all the while collecting some $9,000 in benefits from your state. Uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't have time to sit down and write jokes before the show, but it's like, if you identify as black, can you <laughs> identify as a welfare recipient? Or, like, what are we dealing with here? At some level, if, it's not, if you don't have to prove your race, why do you have to prove your finances? It's yeah. just a question of like, how you identify who are we to question whether she's a person of means or not maybe she identifies as poor i think the winning super chat comment the coward liberia says <laughs> but if she's committing welfare fraud doesn't that prove she's black <laughs> oh my god i dis hold on that's I my i can't response. believe that someone will have so much like hate in their heart 
I disagree. You get the double. I didn't that. say it. It was in the live chat. You guys are so funny. You get tonight. the double. So I leave you with that story. That's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. She's been defrauding your state for for welfare benefits. Yeah, I mean, they're probably they they would be jazzed about it if she wasn't white. Hmm. Um. Okay, and I got uh, actually do this last one, and then and then I'll the last story, and then close out with super chat. So. This story was making the rounds this week, too. This guy's named Michael Rotondo, um, nicknamed by uh, a friend of mine, Incel Jesus. We're going to go with Incel Jesus is this guy's <laughs> name. He is the 30-year-old man ordered by a judge this week to leave his parents' home in upstate New York. Mark and Christina Rotondo, his parents, sent their son several letters asking him to move out, get a job, and take his broken-down Volkswagen with him. In a letter dated February 18th of this year, they ordered... They offered him, rather, $1,100 in cash to help him find a place to live. One of the letters from February that they sent to their son reads, quote, After a discussion with your mother, this is from his father, After a discussion with your mother, we have decided you must leave the house immediately. You have 14 days to vacate. You will not be allowed to return. We will take whatever actions are necessary to enforce this decision. Some advice, they sent their son. One, organize the things you need for work and manage an apartment. Note, you will need stuff at a redacted location. You must arrange the date and time through uh, your father so he can set it up with the tenant. Sell the other things you have, uh, that, uh, sell any things you have that have significant value, like a stereo, some tools, etc. This is especially true for any weapons you may have. You need the money and will have no place for the stuff. There are jobs available, even for those with a poor work history like you. Get one, you have to work. Uh, if you want help finding a place, your mother has offered to help you. Michael, incel Jesus, who we're about to see in a minute, represented himself in court. The God. judge granted the eviction, saying the notice, the notice from his parents about eviction was sufficient. In this cringy interview, Michael appeared with Brooke Baldwin, offended by boobs fame, Brooke Baldwin, who was, in my opinion, I'll editorialize here, I thought she was snobbish and dismissive. And I thought she was clearly out for the fun of making him look bad instead of the facts, which uh, there is some fun to be had here, but I thought it was kind of undignified for a network that supposedly prides itself on dignity and not saying boobs, Clay Travis and all that sort of thing. So I actually have, I walked away with this, as I said, a little bit more annoyed with Brooke Baldwin even, but maybe you'll make the counter case that this guy's just such a loser that I just, I didn't care. Let's uh, let's hear what he has to say. The full, I think it's like an eight or nine minute interview. You can watch it on YouTube. I've cut it down just to a couple points I wanted to highlight. But here, uh, here's here's the interview. Michael, welcome. Hi. 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 Uh, Hi. You've lived, you know. Just a side note. I think he has like some kind of social difficulty. Yeah, maybe he's got a, a touch of the tism. There are a couple exchanges that are really bizarre. That the opener being one of them at your parents' house, rent-free for eight years. And I know you do your own laundry, you buy your own food, but they asked you five times, please move out. I would consider uh, much of uh, what they were doing to try to get me out as a tax. You tell me you want to move out of your parents' house. Why don't you just move out of your parents' house, like tomorrow? I don't have the means to do that tomorrow. Okay. So, Do you have a job? Uh, no. I have plans to be able to provide myself 
with the income I need to support myself, but it's not something that's going to come together uh, tomorrow. There are a lot of people who have read about your story and the, the thought bubble is what is up with this millennial generation that you guys seem so entitled. I would say that I'm really not uh, a member of that of that demographic that they're speaking to, of that group. I'm a very conservative person. The millennials that they're speaking to are very liberal in their ideology. But you're 30, so technically I think you are part of the millennial generation. I don't think there's a delineation right. between... When people speak to the millennials, their general nature as a millennial, they speak to more liberal leanings, in my opinion. So, do you, do okay. you disagree? Um, I don't think it's for me to disagree. I think a millennial is a millennial is a millennial based upon the, the year that you were born. Okay. But I think it's totally your opinion to say, you know, that that doesn't uh, uh, apply to me. And, and with that, Michael Rotundo, I appreciate you coming on. I truly wish you the best of luck. And, and I am a millennial. And, <laughs> yes, Michael. Thanks. Right. Welcome. So that was one of the more surreal interviews we've uh, taken part of here in the last uh, little while, but I genuinely yeah. wish him and his parents luck. Let's move on. Yeah, good interview, Brooke. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. It's um, it's very obvious. She's uh, uh, She keeps qualifying to, I genuinely wish him the best. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah. You really don't. And here's the, uh, I heard was... Shapiro talking about this, and this point really resonated with me, and I think it's, I think it's right. Um, Part of this is is a lack of objectivity from a, a self-proclaimed objective news network. I'm not saying this guy doesn't deserve some ripping. I think he does. I think it is funny. Yeah. I think his awkwardness is funny. I think when he goes, I'm a millennial at a totally inappropriate time closing the interview, it's kind there of funny. There is a two-second delay, but I don't know that that would uh, really. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's partially explanatory. Um, But... So I, I find the, the, the setup to just kind of rip him to be a little bit distasteful yeah. on a supposedly it's also professional so network. Easy, but you know. it, is, it is very low-hanging fruit. That's true. Um, but I also find a certain degree of hypocrisy. I don't know about Brooke Baldwin specifically, but certainly a network and a lot of people um, who are otherwise in favor of government as parent, of government taking, pe taking care of people to the utmost extent, including people in his exact circumstance who... Yeah basically refuse to take opportunities available to themselves to to advance themselves to be the best versions of themselves possible when it's the parents who are kicking this guy out well those uh, uh those parents are just being responsible that's obvious this guy needs to get it together if the government if the nanny state is taking care of him well that's government's role yeah i i i I can't accuse Brooke Baldwin of direct hypocrisy on this because I'm not a, I'm not keen on what she's said on the issue. But CNN, the perspective of CNN, the perspective of a lot of its pundits, the perspective of the left generally, is one that l looks to government to take care of issues like this, and and doesn't otherwise wouldn't tell that guy to get off his ass and go make something of himself. Yet when it's the parents, that's the argument. Yeah, that's the argument. Go get off your ass and take care of. I I, I don't see how that squares necessarily. No, I agree with you. Hmm. And if you he wanna... was just on welfare, she wouldn't be ridiculing him. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. Do you, did you, um, do you disagree with my... I, I don't want to defend... Uh, clearly, that guy needs to get his shit together. I'm not implying yeah. that he doesn't. But That was I an just... obnoxious interview. She was like, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I see where you're coming from. She seems like a, like a real bitch. Um, he does seem like an easy target.
Hmm. That made me feel a little bit. He's, al he's also a father of a five-year-old child. I think he lost custody is the story. Yeah, uh, so he does have a child in his life. All the more disheartening. Um, well, it's remarkable to me that anybody had sex with that guy. It, apparently it happened. Apparently it happened. But, um, but yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I just, uh, I was flustered with that interview for a variety of reasons, not just cause that guy's kind of a weirdo. That was the most real interview we've ever done. What is she Sur Surreal is oh, what she, she said. said surreal. surreal. Yeah. Oh. Surreal. I mean, why? Okay. But anyway, that's all I got. Uh, and I know that I'm excited to play the interview we had with Ian Petty. So, um, so yeah, let's get through these super chats and then we can we go can for it. it up. Yeah. Um, GMD Royd says, love the show, guys. The first time Tommy was arrested was for streaming on court property. This time mm. he was sure to stay off court property, but got arrested anyway. Ah, important detail. But is it, it the, is it the is it the property that's important or is it the streaming of the suspects? We'll see. I that, mean, if, that's what I'd have to if know. If this holds water. Um, Although that doesn't necessarily mean it's justified. Yeah. Uh, Redica says 4chan and General Pepe will devastate the cucks and soy boy armies with our yeah. meme arsenal. Is <laughs> It's a stupid fight to pick. Go for it, David Hogg. Yeah. I want to watch. Alec Urban, Matt and I once made love in a British prison cell. He was lonely and desperate. So out of pity, I threw him a bone, if you know what I mean. The only bone you get is the sad bone for that. <laughs> Yami Okami says... First parody lyrics, my, my, this Riley Dennis guy says his says he's a chick. Yes, he has a dick, but you have to comply. If he wants sex, you must say yes, and here's why. <laughs> if you don't, you want trans people to die. Is that the truth? What's, what's that a parody of? I, I, I don't know what it's parodying. Maybe it's the Kendrick. Um, it might be. It might be Kendrick, yeah. Uh, John Andrew. Thank you. Did you talk about the evicted man child yet? We, we just did. Yes, yeah. But this is, must be a little older. Dangerous spaces. Yeah. Firstly, that crowd of UK protesters seemed endless. Secondly, did they talk to all people or have assumed they're all alt-right? Thirdly, could that many people be considered alt or alternative? I mean, I'm sure it was a mix of just people that look like some it's, soccer hooligans and some, you know, it's just some working yeah. class people that are pissed off about the state of their country. I bet I, I bet not, not very many of them would even be considered right-wing. Probably not. I guarantee you those reporters writing these headlines did not go in and talk to people. They just assume if you disagree with this imprisonment, it must be because you're far right or agree with Tommy Robinson's opinions on everything, yeah. whether you'd classify him as far right or not. It's such a it's a it's a damaging bad worldview that they have. It's it's yeah. the, the idea that reporters um, are unable to look at the nuance in the situation. Maybe they maybe it's not that they're unable. It's because they have an agenda. They're trying to they're trying to push an agenda. Yep, most likely definitely. yeah uh yeah and people in the live chat are pointing out that it was a, a racially diverse crowd and that's true mm, interesting um, but they're still they're all they're all just white nazi right wingers of course like, yeah, look yeah. at that crowd i saw black people asian people yeah yeah um jeff law says a big donation thank you young lowlife here grew up in a left nest by seattle but uh luckily escaped and now a big fan keep up the good, good work you. you folks swing by portland well, sometimes well, thank you. I, I would like to go back to the city. I swear it was once a cool place when I went to college there, 2006 to 2010. And now they're holding reparation out. How happy are Yeah, it? and now oh. apparently there are hobo encampments on people's boulevards because that's city property and you can't legally kick them out. Like hobos setting up camp literally in front of your house. That's and you can't crazy. make them leave. That's what's going on in Portland. This is why I don't go outside. It was probably a good thing I couldn't get a job there, never bought property there, and <laughs> yeah. had to leave. Maybe yeah. it was a blessing in disguise. Yep. Um, Meek says, when public suspended all political contributions, they also suspended donations for, for pro-abortion and pro-LGBT yeah. causes. Thanks, David Hogg. That's yep. hilarious. 
Uh, Rick Moranis, yeah. Matt, are you ready for a soy low, a soy wars story? <laughs> I actually did see it on Friday. And um, can't the, wait the, for all it, those so- Deb social justice stories to reap what they socially justicely said. It has some annoying elements. It has um, women defeating men in combat yeah, and yeah. annoying social justice themes. I didn't think it was overwhelming in social justice themes, but I also didn't think it was a good movie. It, um, it just wasn't great. Right before we went live, we were talking about it, and I was like, you know, Philando Castile yeah. is said to be a pansexual. Yeah. He was like, do you mean Lando? What, what is Lando Calrissian? <laughs> yeah, I was like, Philando Castile got shot by a cop. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. Stephen Horton. No, no. Thanks. We appreciate it. Um, Ross SZG. As the law is written, the police applied it right to Tommy. Our mm. laws are liberal as all hell. They're hardly based off any moral philosophy. Just feels. Thankfully, I'm on the sure. right. Yep. And I think that is an important distinction. If the laws are being followed as they're written, they're, that that is important. Uh, and I think the answer is hopefully enough public pressure, enough public uprising to change the laws. That's the outcome that I would hope for. Yep. Nerdy yeah. Dub says, I agree with Blonde. Don't bend. The left is never satisfied. Yep. I honestly, I used to be like, well, if you did something wrong, you should apologize. But now I'm like, I need to go full Trump and just never apologize. Yeah. Well, especially when you legitimately did nothing wrong. Yeah, they, I mean, come they, on. Good, good God. Uh, Josh Ford, UK watcher here watching at 3 a.m. Blonde, can I get a refugee status in the States? I'm covered in body hair, don't drink soy, and a free speech absolutist. Matt, yeah. you're right. Hashtag fuck David Hogg. I don't know. Well, I don't that, know. That, I, I hope it works out for you. I hope the best for your country. And it's up to Blonde whether she wants to sponsor you as a, a potential spouse or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I know we got complications, but <laughs> come on. The man's in trouble. Uh my other question, though, I, I I wanted to talk about this earlier, but I kind of forgot. Is it possible that this stream is like blocked in the UK? Do they actually block stuff from coming in? I don't know. I have seen a few times in in live chats and things like that 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 it, that might be the case, but I have never mm. verified it or heard. Okay. From, I haven't heard from. You if know, you have, if anyone in the UK has an experience with this media, if you could consume the show and you're not able to access this media in the UK, please send me an email. I'd really like to know about that yes, if, if you have that, along with any like relevant screenshots or, you know, whatever you can produce to show that that's going on. Um, thank you for that. Mafia Gudio. Why am I not shocked that Jimmy Haslam, the guy whose company Pilot Flying J was charged with consumer fraud is the NFL social justice committee is on the NFL. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. The the whole committee is news to me, which is so stupid. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for that. Albertus Magnus 44 NFL anthem rule. NFL is over for me. Why watch a game where millionaire players hate me? Not worth my time. I'm a former 49 fan who went to Super Bowl Roman numerals that I can't 11, wait, 16 and 19. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) NFL players worked hard to drive me away. Yep. And I think that a lot of people share your sentiments, Albertus. The radical centrist. Was Kaepernick actually that shitty of a player? I don't know anything about football, but I'd like to know because leftists always say he wasn't picked because of Mo White supremacy. He um he had a good season. Uh, was it his rookie season? Or the the 49ers made the Super Bowl in like 2012, 2013, and he had a good season. But he was a quarterback that the league figured out. Once they figured out his shtick, he wasn't very good anymore, and he really struggled. If you're not a, if you're not a competitive player, as he wasn't in his latter years. You're not going to make a team, and especially not when you have a ton of baggage. Why would teams be like, yeah, he's a mediocre to bad quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So we it could take a bunch of baggage with him, or we could draft somebody else or sign somebody else. Why, why would you sign up for the headache if the return you're getting on the field isn't worth it? Yep. So I'm, I'm not going to say that his social stance had no effect, 
on his ability to make a team. I think that's probably not 100% sure. I think he probably could be a backup in this league. Mm -hmm. But I don't blame teams for saying, I don't want the sideshow. I don't want fans mad at our team. No, thank you. He's just, at best, an okay quarterback. I can go get an okay quarterback in a million other places who won't tell America how much he hates the country every time he plays. Yeah, yeah, nobody wants to hear that. Uh, Shar says, Blonde, just call me Shar. I plan on being a regular patron now and in the near future. Longtime viewer, new correspondent. Love you guys. And that's not just the whiskey sour talking. That oh, was well, my drink you. back in the day. Yeah. Hope you're enjoying that, Shar. We appreciate it. HA says, if it weren't for idiots blaming everything but the person doing the murdering, i.e. guns, knives, etc., I wouldn't say their name. It seems an easy way to get people to forget that a person wheeled those inanimate objects. Mm, interesting take. Recent evil. G. slavery pays a lot better these days. That's true. Yeah. Uh, that's good. William Malibu protesting over a protest to address a problem that is statistically unsupportable. I kind of love how absurdly meta we've become in our retarded political discourse. True. Yeah. Big LC to any entrepreneurs in the live chat or watching, I gladly buy rolls of toilet paper with David Hogg's face on it. Make it. I know they make like Hillary toilet paper. Really? Yeah, I've seen that. Gabriel Lopez says Tonka is a faggot. I, I hear about Tonka all the time, but I don't know. Yeah, I've heard the name. Don't know the person. Sorry about that. I'll take your word for it, though. I think you're pretty accurate. On this show. I think I think Gabriel's pretty accurate in um, his name calling. Jenny Nickham yeah. says, I'm not that worried about MS-13. I think MS-14 is much worse. Have the, a good holiday. Yeah, the next uh, the next development, the next the next prototype. Uh, let's get through these. Okay. Um, JVL90, I wonder if Nancy Pelosi would say that some MS-13 members are fine people. Yeah. Hmm. Find people on both sides. Yeah, really. I'm a faggot. Who would win AR-15 or MS-13? <laughs> what about MS-13 with AR-15s? That would be an unstoppable force, but it would be... Um, wouldn't, would Nancy Pelosi be in favor of arming good people in that case? I don't know. No. Find out. Seagram's Jin. The British did a video about the law f- uh, for Tommy. No filming media near a court is from Section 41 of the UK Criminal Justice Act of 1925 and the Contempt of Court Act. Hmm. Um, God, I hope he doesn't really spend this much time in jail. It seems so I'll take their word for it that it that it might be an illegal act. Um, do I? But I, do I think the law is correct? Do I think the punishment right. is just? No, I don't. I'm not going to get on board with that. Especially really, because at least he's if my understanding is complete. Yeah, yeah. Um, sarcastic contrarian. The Democrats fight against the First and the Second Amendments. I can't wait for their pro quartering arguments. Yeah. <laughs> Al- Magnus. Well, that's going to. They hate the military too, yeah. so that's going to be difficult. In between you and yeah. I is incorrect. Object of preposition. It's like saying for you and I. Correct form is for you and. All right, me. I'll t- I'll yeah. take the L on the grammar. I'm Same just... as for me applies to between. Yeah, because you take out you. That's right. I still think Trump wrote it. That's my only. Point. I think so too. I mean, there were some comma errors. I'll, I'll give you. It that. just sounds weird to me. I don't actually have an argument, so I'll take your word for it. Um, it just sounds weird to me to phrase it that way. But, um. Yeah. Hmm. I accept that. I'm not going to fight it. Rafael Salvador, Oxford Dictionary actually says between you and me is more grammatically correct than between you and I. The, the pro- Yeah, but they like the be, Oxford comma too. Should be. I know? like the Oxford comma. Should be followed actually, by do, an so. objective <laughs> pronoun me rather than a subjective pronoun I. All right. I don't want grammar hour. I'm just going to accept this. I'm Jay gonna, Parker. Thank you for supporting the show. NFL fans. This is my fault for picking the grammar fight, by the way. <laughs> It's 100% my fault. Totally your fault. Yeah. By the players' protests, it cheapens the entertainment value, and many believe the protest is illegitimate as police are not race targeting. Yeah. Um, message deleted. No, no, thank you. Uh, donated $10. Donated $10. Oh, thank Thanks. you. Uh, Joshua says, what is most amazing about Kendrick Lamar thing is that even the Young Turks was on the girls' side. Fucking shocked. Really? Mm, I didn't know that. Good, good, good. 
Um, Kentucky, oh, whoops, Benny V says, I imagine all the Star Wars script writers look just like David Hogg with similar testosterone levels and some women with higher testosterone levels. <laughs> You're probably right about that. Yeah. And then last one, Frank Underwood, Blonde's channel name on YouTube does not autocomplete in the search bar, at least in Norway. Try it out. Jeez. I would believe that. Yeah. I believe it too, yeah. Also, yeah. what will you guys do when YouTube eventually cracks down on Super Chats? Have you looked into alts? I mean, we still have both of our Patreons. And there's Streamlabs. There are alternatives. Look, I'd like to work with YouTube to the extent they're integrating automatic things into their platform. That's great. But if BuzzFeed and the rest of these people are going to police people's speech, all right, fine. If you, if you really don't want us to give you money, I which know, we're doing, idiots. YouTube, if you really don't want that, then I'll take it somewhere else yeah. that is interested in having a share of that revenue. But we'll worry about, I, I, my philosophy is I'm going to cross these bridges when we get to them. I don't want to be, um, even though there's an argument that I should be principled about these things, what I want is the easiest production for us and the, the easiest accessibility and, and, um, and integration for <laughs> an integration for our audience as well. And not, you know, there are a lot of imperfect platforms that I just kind of say, well, <sighs> I disagree with a lot of your politics, yeah. but this is the easiest way to get it done. So let's make a deal. Yep. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's close it out there. Uh, thank you as always. Well, close it out for now, at least we got our interview coming up, but thank you as always to our live chatters, and live viewers, shit posting way, keeping us honest about grammar while we try to maintain sincerity, You're listening on YouTube or an audio platform on demand later. Thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there is more material, including the call-in show and some other interviews we've done on the audio platforms. So check those out. iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, they're all linked conveniently in the description for you. You can always email us. That's beta at gmail.com. We will be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday... Sorry, Chuck Todd, you sleepy-eyed son of a bitch. It's not Meet the Press. It is Beauty and the Beta. Please stay tuned for our interview with um, Ian Petty, the uh, brother of a Parkland victim. Very good interview. I like talking to him. It's all about his sister, uh, who he lost in the shooting and school safety. Coming up next, and happy Memorial Day. Thanks, everybody. Welcome back. We are pleased to have our guest for the evening, Ian Petty, who is the older brother of Elena Petty. Elena was sadly a victim of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas school shooting on February 14th. And in response to that, Ian and his family have started a school safety charity called the Walk Up Foundation. So Ian, on behalf of our show and our audience, we're very sorry for your family's loss. We hope you're doing well. And uh, thanks for making time for us and talking about a difficult topic. For sure. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, what's done is done at this point. That's kind of how we view it. And so we're just hoping to be able to share kind of what we've experienced, what we've learned. And, you know, I mean, not necessarily stop 
all of these things because there's no way to 100% stop them, but but at least in some way provide some insight and help try to make a difference at least, you know what I mean? Sure. So so tell me about your sister. What should people know about <laughs> Elena? Who was she? Uh, so Elena was a freshman at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. She was uh, 14 years old. Uh, she was just like happy all the time. You know, she was always smiling. She would never, she was friends with everybody, never had any problems with really anybody except my brother, Patrick. She'd get in <laughs> fights with him sometimes, but, but they started chilling out once they both got teenagers, which sometimes I guess that kind of goes backwards. But, um, anyways, she, she was part of the JROTC program there. Um, she kind of actually followed my brother Patrick into that cause he's, hmm. Uh, very devoted to that. He wants to go to West Point. Um, and she just loves serving. So, <clears throat> And your brother's still in high school then? Yeah, so he's a so junior. He's, and he's still at Marjorie Stoneman? Yeah, so he was okay. there the day uh, on the other side of the campus Yeah. Um, over in the JROTC room and heard the shots. He and a couple of his friends knew what that was because they grew up and sure. understood what guns were and all that stuff, you know, I mean, you hear pops and you think, okay, what could that be? And, and a couple of the JROTC, my brother hadn't, but a couple of them had actually been through active shooter drills just recently. Mm -hmm. And so they were, they knew what to do and they all just said, Hey, okay, get down. You know, they were, they had some, uh, like Kevlar pads that they were covering students with in the JROTC room and then, you know, just took cover. And, and so, yeah, fortunately he was on the other side of the, the campus from, yeah, it all went down. And I was reading in this piece about your sister and mm -hmm. your parents are quoted in here and, and they're quoted as saying they have no anger toward the young man, that being Nicholas Cruz. Yeah. Um, and I, I find that to be a, a very difficult and, and honorable thing. Um, can you, can you discuss that a little bit? Is, is that the consensus among your family that you, that you're, you actually don't have anger about this, that you're at peace about this? Yeah. You know, for me, <clears throat> there's a place for, I guess, frustration and being upset about something, right? Um, but in terms of being just straight angry about something, mm -hmm. uh, we as a family just have found it's not beneficial to the situation. Um, this young man, Nicholas Cruz, obviously was unstable, had all these problems. I mean, we know about that. All the visits from the police to his home and things like that. And so for, for us, it, we just didn't find it in being what Elena was, so happy and, and loving everybody. We didn't feel like our response as a family should be one of hatred or anger towards someone who's clearly not in their right mind. Hmm. Well, Had you heard horrible. about him yeah. before? Uh, I hadn't. Like I said, I mean, since we moved to Florida... Um, I went and I actually lived, I did a, uh, a service mission over in Europe for two years and then came back and was at college. So I really, Parkland's not really home for me. And so I hadn't really known about anybody in high school or anything, but my brother did. He knew him actually pretty well because he was also in the wow. JROTC program. Nicholas uh, Cruz was. Yeah, he was. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was. I can't remember if it was his freshman year or sophomore year. Um, but he was at the beginning. Um, and that's actually why he was wearing that red polo shirt. That was a JROTC okay. shirt. And so, yeah. 
So tell us about um, this new this new foundation you've started, this new charity. It, it's called yeah. um, the Walk Up Foundation, right? Yeah. So my uh, my dad kind of got the idea starting from we see all those like those school walkouts, right? Um, all these protests against guns and grandstanding and all that. I'll say stuff, but you know. sure you you can say whatever words you want on our show. We <laughs> yeah. we say them all the time. I, I I know you guys do. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I know you're a good upstanding man. So it's probably your own standards as <laughs> opposed to, to our standards. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> um, but we just said, you know, there's gotta be another way, right? You can talk about guns. We can talk about mental health. We can talk about all these negative issues, but until we as a society decide to say, you know what, I'm going to stop blaming every other problem that I've got or everything around me. And I'm going to say, look, I'm going to walk up to someone that looks lonely at school or I'm going to help someone who I know has an issue um, or try to be a friend to them, then we're not going to get anywhere. doesn't matter how many bulletproof doors and windows we got in. Um, there's still going to be, I mean, there's still going to be a way for evil to happen until we change the way we think and act, you know? So yeah. that was sort of the basis of the walk up. And we started just kind of like tweeting about that and say, hashtag walk up, not out and mm -hmm. kind of took off and just kept going and going. And so we thought, you know what, let's use that as the inspiration for the foundation itself. Um, and so, yeah. And it looks like you've got some events coming up or you plan to do, it looks like there's specific, um, organizational events as opposed to just, you know, promoting a, a culture of, um, of friendliness towards. Other yeah. People. So, so kind of the, the goals of the foundation are, like I said, to, to change the way we, we think and act. Um, but in addition to that, there are obviously safety issues that we have to address with, with schools and really honestly, any sort of mass shooting. And so they're bringing in um, a like a family therapist, uh, actually an activist and uh, um, suicide survivor, and then also a uh, what the founder of the Columbia Lighthouse Project to address everybody. Um, that's going to be down in Coral Springs, and the information's there on the the website, just so that they can kind of start training and helping people. Um, especially in our community. Right now, we're really trying to focus on Broward County and that community, but we want to, to expand it, obviously. Yeah, and, and at least according to the website, this is free to attend, so if people yeah, are in is. the area and interested in that, that's coming up on the 31st, so uh, Thursday, Thursday yeah. after uh, this interview airs. Yeah, so we may have, um, we may, we're, we're trying to get it all figured out so we can do it on Facebook Live and things like that as well, so... Mm -hmm. We're going to be trying to do that uh, as well, just so as many people, it can reach as many people as possible. And is there a way that people can support the foundation financially or otherwise? If people want to support the foundation, what would be the best uh, course of action? Yeah, for sure. On, on the website there itself, there is a, a place to donate. Um, mm -hmm. And all the proceeds go to helping bring in these people to train. It, work, it helps to um, go towards essentially the growth of the foundation itself and allow us to, to reach out further and, and share with and have more of these events so that we can help get this kind of school safety training and things like that 
um, out to larger populations throughout the country. Has mainstream media taken an interest in your foundation? I see them continuously being so eager to um, give a platform to David Hogg and Emma Gonzalez, but something like yeah. this that has a focus on mental health and some of the the more, you know, the root causes of something like this. Um, I'm just curious if mainstream media has given you a platform for your foundation. A um, little bit. My, my dad actually was on uh, MSNBC and Fox News um, hmm. this last week. Um, he was on for maybe five or six minutes on each one and was didn't talk too much about the um, foundation itself. Uh, and so they, they, I guess, I don't know if they didn't know about it or if they just didn't ask about it or what. Um, I don't know the logistics of that, but we haven't really been able to share it too much on mainstream media. Yeah, um, yeah he, he was on mainly, my dad was on mainly, he's running for the school board down in Broward County. Oh, great. I think like the fifth or sixth largest school district in the nation. Mm. So, I mean, it's really big. And he and one other parent um, of a victim is running as well for, for two districts down there so that they can make sure that the the things that they've already tried to implement in, in Florida, that we did have an act passed, uh, new laws that help, you know, with school safety and things like that. The, the governor used the surplus it's like $500 million uh, towards the School Safety Act that works on um, transparency between police and and the school districts themselves, all the way down to the, the principal and the teachers. Um, so there's a little bit more communication and things like that going on between them all. Yeah. So I, I'm very interested in the politics of all this. And I'm guessing yeah. maybe your family is too, to the extent maybe if, if your dad's running for school board, um, yeah. to the extent you're comfortable talking about it, what do you make of the media treatment of the shooting? And uh, I'm curious, like uh, if you talk to your brother, who's still at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, do you have a sense of what the perception is like for kids who are still there? Do they feel represented by David Hogg, Emma Gonzalez, Cameron Caskey. Maybe they do. I, I can't claim to know. But I've been fascinated to watch as only students of a very specific perspective have been elevated to a national platform. And I, I'm i not there. I don't know. But I have a very difficult time believing that that is representative right. of the yeah. student body as a whole. No, it's not. Uh, there's, I would say, from talking with my brother um, and and my mom, who has volunteered at every single school that we've ever gone to. She just does, mm. she loves volunteering and stuff. Um, and she volunteers there still at the high school. Um, from talking to them, no, they are representative of a very small minority there. Um, they, like you said, are just given a platform by mainstream media. And so that's, I think, what has made me the most frustrated. Like I said, I've kind of gotten over and, and understand Nicholas Cruz that he has issues and things like that but it's one thing to to be completely unstable and do something terrible but to be in your right mind and then lie or skew things so poorly to me is I don't know I try I consider myself an honest person I try to be treat my fellow man fairly or whatever right and so for that that's what makes me really mad um mm. You know, there were there were several times where 
you know, uh, Emma Gonzalez or David Hogg would say on Twitter or on so on mainstream media, they would say, we represent the 17 and, you know, things sure. like that and yeah. their families. And that would just, you know, drive us up the wall because. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember it, Cameron Caskey uh, at that CNN town hall with Marco Rubio saying point blank in the name of 17 people, why won't you do, why won't you stop taking money from the NRA? I think it was, is what he was saying. So he's holding him as a political hostage using families like yours as pawns in that gesture. Yeah. yeah. And for me, there's no place in that. And I mean, my brother, they don't talk to my brother. They completely avoid him at school. Hmm. Um, they won't get near him. They haven't, they, been so several, he's interacted with all of them then uh, well, to some I mean, extent. He, see, he sees them all the time. Yeah. They just won't talk to him. They avoid him because for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know exactly why, but they just aren't willing to, to have any sort of debate or, or talk with him. Uh, that other, uh, guy, Kyle Kashev. Yeah. He's uh pretty well known on Twitter now and stuff and yeah. made the rounds a little bit. And he also, they won't talk with him. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of sad to just see that there are so many people that think and agree with like where my family, to be quite honest with you, they don't speak for any of the families because all 17 of our families have come together and said, look, let's put aside the whole gun control issue. Every one of them signed a letter to the governor saying, look, um, and they wrote a letter to the U S Congress as well saying, look, this is not a gun issue. Let's get over that. Let's make some real like common sense reforms that we can actually implement and have make a difference. Um, and it's astounding to me that this is the first time hearing of that. I've not heard of such a no. letter or such a gesture until you mentioned that. So to me, if, yeah. if all of these families are unified in that message, right, the fact that right. that has not got to me until this point in time is, um, uh, that's damning to it's, the coverage. It's of shocking, this. Oh, I right. know. It, yeah. And that's what that, that really, you know, pisses me off because I'm sitting here like, look, you know, our families have all come together. We all disagree on something, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, our family's religious. A bunch of other families are not. Uh, our family has owned guns, been members of the NRA for a long time. You know, we've grown up. I've grown up with them. I understand how they work, everything. That's not the issue to me. Other people felt like it might be a bigger issue. But we said, you know what? We can fight all day about that. Let's come together. And we all said, you know what? Okay, let's do it. And it's shown that it can actually make a difference, you know? Yeah. And it it is really sad that nobody shares about that. And that's why I'm glad I could talk to you guys a little bit. I'm just share at least a little bit of the, you know, the events, the politics, things that happen that they didn't, that right. most people I'm don't hear about. It seems like the choice of David Hogg and Emma Gonzalez outside of their shared ideologies was was basically arbitrary. As far as I can tell, David Hogg, he wasn't in the freshman building. He didn't witness any of this that had happened. And these people weren't particularly good friends with him, any of the victims. But no. because he was the most vocal, the most convincing, the most like a little dictator, they're like, this guy, let's listen to this guy. <laughs> yeah. um, and it just infuriates me that they just they don't care what the families have to say. That That's all that really matters. Yeah. What, what do the families have to say? They're yeah. the most affected. I know. Uh, you put on an armband and you get a platform. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, has have you spoken with your brother? One thing that fascinates about me about these types of events is I wonder what it's like 
when you have to go back to school afterward. And I know they've changed. They don't go back to the same building, right? Or they go somewhere else. They don't necessarily yeah, they go to the scene. They shut that building down. They brought in, I guess, a bunch of portables and things like that. Okay. So right now, they're going to tear that building down. Um, I don't know if they're going to do a memorial there. They haven't announced plans yet, but they just said the building is now no longer going to be used. Sure. Even just socially, has your brother spoken about what what that's like to go to go back to school and just see all your friends and carry on with you know math class the next day or something like that? I, I can't imagine what that's like. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know for them they were gone from school for a week and a half almost two weeks they didn't have school and then they mm -hmm. came back and i know for him he really didn't want to go yeah and there have been certain days where he just says like i don't really want to go to school and my mom just says okay you know like that's fine yeah um and so i think right after everything happened it was good for him to have friends he was he and uh, my sister Megan both, they were out with friends quite a bit. They didn't really want to be in the house. I think they just felt like it felt empty. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the the empty bedroom at the end of the hallway kind of a thing. Yeah. And, you know, so those kind of a thing, those kind of things were, uh, I think, beneficial to them, having those friends. But now going back and having to get back into a regular routine, I think it has been difficult for him you know, I mean, I can tell right. you, being here far away, it's sure. been difficult to come back to a full-time college schedule. You know, you're trying to like focus on classes and and all that stuff, and still. And, and I assume even for you, you've probably got a lot of people asking you about this stuff all the time. I'm, I would guess, maybe yeah, not. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, for the most part, a lot of people here knew kind of what happened pretty mm -hmm. close to when to when it happened, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, you always get questions or people who are curious or whatever. And, you know, I try to be as accommodating as I can and answer questions. But yeah, I mean, it does. You don't think about it, but no matter what, it always has an effect on you, even if you've gotten over that initial kind of shock of everything, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time for our show and, and talking about stuff that's, that's frankly really tough to talk about. And it takes, uh, it takes a lot of courage to do it. And, and you know, of course, um, all the praise in the world to your family for taking a stand on this and trying to make the best of, of, a, of a terrible situation. So um, yeah. please extend our, our best wishes to your family and we hope they, they remain as strong as they clearly are. For sure, I will. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right. And b before we uh, wind it down, give everybody a reminder about where to find um, the foundation and all the social media. Give us give us your list of plugs. Okay. All right. So we've got the Walk Up Foundation. You can follow it on Twitter at uh, Walk Up for Schools. Uh, they're on Facebook as well. You can go to walkupfoundation.org. Uh, I'm on Twitter at ipetty, P-E-T-T-Y. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Well, thank you, Ian. That is our guest, Ian Petty. Um, thank you kindly for making time for us and, and for speaking up on this issue. And, um, and uh, all the best to your family. And, and I hope everybody's able to find peace. It sounds like you have. And um, we really appreciate you taking the time for us. Everybody have a great night. Happy Memorial, uh, Memorial Day weekend as well. Thanks a lot. I guess.